Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Mike Heller show. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, here's Mike Heller. So back in studio on a Tuesday after a day spent at Lambeau and near Lambeau Field in Green Bay, the day after the day after the Green Bay Packers released Mike McCarthy. They fired Mike McCarthy. You you know, I I know that terminology is important in the world of of sports and employment and what happens with somebody, and they have agreed to go their separate ways is used sometimes as a term. We have uh, we have terminated. We have fired. Uh, let's make this clear: the Green Bay Packers fired Mike McCarthy. You don't uh, go separate ways or go in separate directions with four games left in the season. On January first, they could have gone their own separate ways and agreed to not continue the head coach relationship with the Green Bay Packers. But let's be clear on this: they fired Mike McCarthy on Sunday early evening at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. So now, this is how quickly these things work. And, you know, we are in the hurry up and wait category where the Green Bay Packers are concerned for the next head coach. The hurry up and wait concept, I'm just telling you something you already know. The Packers are not going to hire their next head coach before the beginning of 2019. There won't be a hire now, which is part of the reason why some people are still bugged that the Packers did this now because there's really no advantage gained. They can interview college coaches for this job and likely will. But I feel confident that the next head coach for the Packers will come from the current NFL ranks. And this is the biggest reason why this is, for me, this would be, uh, listen, I want to talk to everybody that that I felt had a, a realistic resume to be considered for the job. But if I'm going to hitch my wagon to a head coach for the next four to five years, which are likely the final four to five years or so with Aaron Rodgers, I want I don't want this guy to have to cut his teeth at the NFL level. And I am just too bitten by the failures of Chip Kelly and back in the day, Nick Saban. Um, I, I'm just too burned by that concept to ultimately believe that it can work and will work. Uh, Jimmy Johnson made it work from Miami to the Dallas Cowboys. That's a long time ago. Are there other examples? I, I Sure. The most recent attempt at this was Chip Kelly, the most innovative college football coach of the last quarter century in what he did at Oregon. He took an Oregon team that wasn't, wasn't to be dealt with and made them fantastic they were an offense that you could not slow down so who ties in with chip kelly lincoln riley what has lincoln riley done 
Lincoln Riley has had two years of ridiculous offensive success in the least defensive conference in America. They don't play defense in the Big 12. They just don't. So that Lincoln Riley in an open field has had fantastic offensive success at Oklahoma is fun, and he might be innovative, but how do you know? How do you know? You're comparing what Oklahoma is doing against and in their regular competition. Two years work. Two years the head coach at Oklahoma. They are 24-3. and three. That's impressive. They play in the Big 12. So I'm not sure about that. I don't think Pat Fitzgerald is qualified from Northwestern. I, I don't think that uh, Kelly from Notre Dame is there. So the college coaches' names who are going to be brought up, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Had NFL success in San Francisco, right? Uh, I think that there's a conversation to be had. Urban Meyer at Ohio State. Urban Meyer has uh, apparently, through back channels, had NFL interest in the past. He retires today after the Rose Bowl. He announces his retirement today from Ohio State uh, for lots of reasons. Is it possible that Urban Meyer at 54, I think he's 54, uh, is not done coaching? Yep, that's very possible. Nick Saban. Do, do we look at Nick Saban as innovative? Here's what I look at at Nick Saban. He's a really solid coach. And at the college level, he, he has been outstanding. I don't see him as innovative. I think many times his offenses have been boring, lacking innovation. So I don't see the college game coming to Green Bay in this moment. If the Packers were where the Browns were a year ago, I get it. Makes some sense. Going to bring in, uh, to start this season, really young quarterback, young talent. Let's bring in a vibrant presence. They'll cut their teeth together. In Green Bay, I don't necessarily find that to be the case. But listen, this is the hurry up and wait mode. We we talk about it now, and we're going to be talking about it for the next five or six weeks before they actually name the next head coach in Green Bay. Welcome in on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm Mike Heller. That's John. Adios. Hey, fellas. What's up? What do you got going on over there? Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know how it goes. No, I don't. I've never been over on that side of the board where you, you actually don't want to ever. It's the worst. Pushing buttons and, and sliders and <laughs> stuff. Buttons and, and yeah. audio files and phones and yeah, Computers you don't want and, to be over here. Yeah, no. Yeah, but you got a bang going on. I am. What? I'm drinking the huh? Huh? What's going on over here? Just over here with the bang. Yeah. That's isn't this that show is underway with the bang. With the bang. It bang yeah. is an energy drink. In case no one knows what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and is that a better choice for you today than coffee? Yeah, I think so. I feel it more than coffee. Sometimes, you, am I the only one that has a cup of coffee and then is like, oh, that tasted good, but I don't feel anything? That's why when I, and I don't do it every day, but when I do stop on the way in to get a triple non-fat, no-whip, three-pump, extra-hot mocha, the triple is three shots of espresso. That's why you load up. Yeah. If you're going to have a I cup of coffee. I think the normal espresso, yeah. the two shots of espresso in a grande is not going to do it for me. I get it. You want to go all in. If you're going to do this thing, the go all in. The issue would be yeah. is when you go venti, that's the, the biggest version. Okay, venti is the biggest size at Starbucks. Yeah. That already has three shots of espresso. If you go venti Ooh. and you add a, a with an extra shot of espresso, you're going four shots of espresso. You're going... You're going all in. Like, this doesn't have a lot of the crazy crap that you might see in an energy drink, so I don't know what the difference is. I mean, I'm drinking massive amounts of caffeine. You drank massive amounts of caffeine in that specialty drink you have. 
Not today, I though. I might today's be missing just, something. I don't today, know. I just brought in the, the normal coffee uh, <laughs> as we jump into this. I had uh, a couple of takeaways from yesterday in Green Bay. I know a lot of people are going to make a lot about who is hiring the head coach. Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst. There has been a lot made of the structure in Green Bay. Pete Doherty, our Monday and Friday guest on the program, our Green and Gold Insider, Green Bay Press Gazette, PackersNews.com, who I respect the heck out of. Um, Pete thinks that it's an ab- it, it, that it should just be done, that it should be transferred. The power, the football operation power should be transferred to Brian Gutekunst and let him sink or swim, let him make the decision. Here's here, If I were going to bottom line this, John, do we have a sponsor? Uh, I haven't been able to find a sponsor yet hmm. for my bottom line. What about my bottom line? I haven't found Zero, one either, okay. but I'm sure we could. What if Bang was the sponsor of your bottom line? Dude, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be awesome? And here's my bottom line. You get a year's supply of Bang. Brought to you by Bang. Excuse me. <laughs> it just doesn't. <laughs> a Bang a day. Whoa, what? Nice. Um, but if I were going to bottom line the decision that's going to be made in Green Bay, ultimately, I don't care who it's made by. Now, I would say this, Mark Murphy is tying his future as the president and CEO of the Green Bay Packers with this hire. This is what I was saying yesterday. Do like, you agree with that? Yes, I do. And this is what I said at the end of the show when you left. I said, okay, a lot of you all have a, a problem with the power structure, and I understand it because it's it's untraditional. It's not traditional. But if this coaching pick turns out to be a failure, no one's going to go blame Gutekunst. All the blame will go to Mark Murphy. Yeah. So for so me, it's on him. Yeah, and and Gutekinds, I do believe this also is that it will be collaborative. Yeah. Okay. So if you turned over the power to Brian Gutekunst, he would be conducting the whole deal and then getting a sign off from the president and CEO when he said, "Hey, this is the guy I'd like to hire. Um, Mark, why don't you come in the room? Let's talk." You know, with the candidate. Yeah. It's but more, this it's is more the guy dangerous wanna... for Murphy to do it this way. Right. So I I don't. Ultimately, I don't know what happens in and behind their closed doors. Now, people are saying Mark Murphy has, you know, Mark was defending himself yesterday when he was asked over and over again about structure and understanding, you know, Jason Wilde had asked the question, you understand why we're asking the question? Uh, Ron Wolf wouldn't take it until he had full executive power. Ted Thompson had full executive power. Both of those GMs won a Super Bowl. Well, just because that's the way it's worked in the past doesn't mean that it's how it has to work in the future. I agree. I don't like meddling owners. I, typically, they're not successful. And Mark Murphy is essentially kind of taking on um, some of the titles, even though he doesn't have financial uh, play in ownership because they're not owned. But he's kind of playing pseudo-owner. Ultimately, who they decide to hire, that's the person I care about. I care about. I don't care about Mark Murphy other than right now. I mean, it doesn't bother me the day-to-day operations, what they do at Little Town, how much it costs to sled down the hill, what they're doing in the development around the stadium. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's business of professional sports. I get it. My my concession here, my my look at this process, or have to concede to why that I care about Mark Murphy is: is the next head coach going to be the right head coach? How do we know? We're not going to know until that guy's in. Nobody thought Mike Holmgren. Nobody knew Mike Holmgren's role. He was an OC at a time with the San Francisco 49ers that Bill Walsh was the coach. Nobody, Everybody knew that Mike Holmgren wasn't making all the decisions in San Francisco. Their head coach was their offensive coordinator. So it's a name-only deal. Uh, Mike Sherman was another guy unknown, unheard of. What and, was Mike McCarthy when he was And Mike hired? McCarthy was, had no real background. An assistant. Yes, and... 
Worked in the Saints and with the Niners. Holmgren right? yeah. and McCarthy, the two Mikes there, uh, two of the three, worked out really well. And in between, Mike Sherman eh, and Ray Rhodes, it was a one-year failed experiment. So I don't know who they're going to hire is going to work or not. It is a crapshoot. And every time somebody hires a new head coach in the NFL, the storylines that are written are Mark Trussman in Chicago. This guy's an offensive genius. He is changing the way you think about offense in the NFL. And three years later, he's gone. You don't know how this is going to work until it happens. Uh, By the way, some housekeeping before we take the break. Um, We had an Ian's Pizza bet that if the 4-6-1 Packers made it to 6-6-1, I said they would have made the playoffs. You said no. So that is now, I'm going to have to strike through that. Do you you know how to put a line through something? Mm, I, I usually use a pen. Oh, here we go. There's a button there. There, boom. Um, so no Ian's Pizza bet there. I just wanted to keep everybody up to date yeah. on that. By the way, if you want Ian's Pizza, head to the Big 1070 or the Big920.com and you can sign up to win Ian's Pizza. It's that simple. Didn't, isn't that now the right time then to reset the Ian's Pizza bets back to zero since that's off the board? We don't have any others pending. If you want to talk about doing it at the start of the new year, I mean, we have um, we got a couple here left. We've got, uh, oh, I won that one. Uh, we have representation in the Super Bowl. You said the Chiefs will represent the AFC. I said the Patriots. And then we have a 2019 Packers bet. I say yes. You say no, making the play. Well, let's negotiate on that. Uh, Joe Krabenhoff, Badger basketball assistant coach, will join us after the bottom of the hour. They are 2-0 and in the Big Ten. Big win last night. It is uh, Bill Huber in about 90 minutes' time. We'll get to some of your phone calls, 877-729-1070. 877 and a little bit maybe of something you missed yesterday from Aaron Rodgers. We'll get all of that as we continue on 97.3, the game in Milwaukee and statewide. You're listening to The Mike Heller Show. So yesterday, Aaron Rodgers did meet with the media after the two press conferences in Green Bay, uh, those held by Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst. And let me backtrack here for a second. Can I uh, uh, throw a little bit of conspiracy theory at you? Do you uh, like that in Sports sure. Talk Radio? Is that something you enjoy? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The uh, the release that went out on um, Sunday night about the press conference on Monday was that for a press conference with Mark Murphy, the Green Bay Packers president and CEO. There was no mention, zero mention, in the email release from the Green Bay Packers of Brian Gutekunst. Zero. And it wasn't amended. There wasn't an updated email, certainly not one that I, let me just say it this way, not one that I saw. And in fact, in the auditorium yesterday before the start of the press conference, I was asking around in the room to probably four or five different media members because there was a table set up and two microphones. And I said, does that mean that Brian Gutekunst is joining Mark Murphy? And everybody was looking back at their emails and saying, not that I've seen. There hasn't been an announcement, no updated information that it was changing. So if I, it, this is not a big conspiracy. In fact, I'm probably mislabeling that as a conspiracy. Oh, just go with it. Just say I that. I think Mark Murphy was planning on going there of his own volition. Okay. And but then what happened, the Mike? Powers, the powers that be said, wait a second, this is, Brian's got to be part of this. Brian Gutekunst is the team's general manager. 
he needs to also be front and center because there are going to be questions based on on-field performance. If you want to take it a layer deeper, Mark Murphy might have said, I can handle those concepts, those questions. No, maybe it's a... I don't know who that guy is or who the other people in the room are, but that was explicitly sent out. The the content of the email was that Mark Murphy, president and CEO, would meet with the media at 1.45, followed by Joe Philbin at 2.15. There was nary a mention. There was no mention of Brian Gutekunst in the emails that went out to announce the pressers. Hmm. But then there was a table with two microphones, and nobody in that room, to my knowledge knew that Brian Gutekunst was the second man in. I saw some tweets questioning what the second microphone was for I was yesterday. Quite, I was in the room asking yeah. people in the know yeah. who are there daily. Uh, I've got because another, I'm there once a week. I've got another conspiracy theory to this techno mix of the X-Files, apparently, Ooh, that I yeah. brought up on YouTube. Yeah, you did. Um, Dan Patrick today was talking about Aaron Rodgers' involvement in the search for the next head coach. And he said that he has to be part of the process that the coach has to know that Aaron Rodgers is on board 100% before he takes over a job in which he might be there for, I don't know, how many good years does Rodgers have left? Five, if we just kind of put that out on average. Yeah. So perhaps, here's the conspiracy theory, that Rodgers really does have not final decision, but perhaps a bigger say than we think, and that the management of Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy are just trying to deflect that attention away because they don't think it's a good thing to have your quarterback answering questions about who he likes as head coach, but he might be more involved in the process. This is horrible. I need. Yeah, the you're real. the one that played it. Uh, he might be more involved in the process, perhaps, than we're led to believe. Yeah, and, and it always gets to be tricky then to what determine that? what involved means. Sure. Because involved means, you know, is he in on the interviews and then... He is visiting with Gutekunst and Murphy after the interviews, and, and they're all you know giving their say. That's the question. Here, here's how I would do it. And, and this is, and I think yesterday Don Banks said to us, um, if you're going to hire a new head coach, Aaron Rodgers is not going to find out when everybody else finds out. Like He's not going to be blindsided. I thought Don Banks said it well yesterday. Yeah, so if I, I'm of that mindset where I'd say if I'm Murphy and Gutekunst and we decide collaboratively on a head coach, Maybe we want to bring Aaron into the loop then and but say, "What happens?" Hold on, okay. and say, "I think we've got. We think we've got our guy. This is the this is the person we'd like to hire as the next head coach." Um, Aaron, we just thought you should know. Um, if you'd like to, we can put the two of you in touch. You can talk with him if you'd like. We're pretty sure this is the direction we're going. Why don't you? If you want to, you can reach out and visit with him. He knows that you may do this. And uh, if you want to, then we'll hold off on making the announcement until after you've had that conversation, and let's double back after you've had a chance to visit. Do you want to hear what... I think, That's what I would do. Listen to what Dan... Can I play a little bit of what DP said? Yep. This is what DP said. I think he's going to be involved in the think tank. Maybe not the job search, but the I, think tank. I don't think GMs and owners think of players like that. They think of them like interchangeable cattle. Even the high-end guys, they never want to give them a say. But if I... If I no, I have to here. Because Rogers says he wants to play for five more years. If, if I'm bringing in a coach for the next five years, he has to be comfortable with Rogers and vice versa. You can't go, hey, Aaron, I know you said you want to play for five more years, but this is the guy we're bringing in. Who knows if that guy lasts five years? If he lasts five years, if Aaron Rodgers is not signing off on him, of course Rogers is involved in it. I, I, I don't think you want this public. Go ahead and take it down. I, 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 don't, I don't agree with Dan. Mm. I don't agree. 
I think the moment you do that, you have set a precedent that if we've got a great player, then if you had a great, you know, if Reggie White was still alive and on the team and in his heyday, is he going to say, what are we doing here? I'm, you know, here's what I would say if I were going to take this a bit stronger. I would say, you know, I want Aaron Rodgers to feel comfortable. So once we've made the decision, I would have that conversation I just played uh, before we played the Dan Patrick sound. Where I'd reach out to Aaron. We've decided we're going to hire this guy. We haven't announced it yet. We're working on contract details. We'd like for you to visit with him. We, we'd like for you to, you know, make sure that I'd like for you to be comfortable here. If Aaron Rodgers then came back and said, I don't think we can do this. Now I'm going to want to know what it is you can't do. But I would ultimately, the tail cannot wag the dog. And Aaron Rodgers is the tail. The dog is the Green Bay Packers. The dog is the franchise. The tail is a a 15-year quarterback. He can. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Not wag the franchise. I, I agree, and I think he should have input. Um, I do wonder, because I never really thought about it in the way Dan Patrick went on to describe it a little bit later on as well, as... Um, of course he's going to have input. Like what if they what if your scenario arose and they're like, "Uh, we'd like to, you know, we're going to introduce Nick Saban next week, but you guys can talk. You and Nick can talk." He's like, "Uh, we talked and this is awful. Yeah, This is okay. not going to work. I'm then telling Aaron, you guys, I'm going to have an then issue Aaron from day Rogers, one." Aaron Rodgers, we're going to we're going to see if we can find another avenue for you. Okay, uh see go talk with the guys it's, in Minnesota. It's, it's a it's a it's a silly concept. I'm just saying. To, I know, but it's, it's a like, silly concept that the quarterback would veto Ryan Gutekunst and Mark Murphy are uh, they settle in on Josh McDaniels and then Aaron has a chance to visit with him and, and he comes out of it and say, you know, it's not gonna work. I'm sorry, if it's not gonna work, then you're not gonna work. We're we you cannot take that I get it. path. I get it, but I also Can't think do it. I I mean and you say where would it stop? Well, I think there are only a handful of players. I'm that not gonna even let the handful for- decide this for me. He's not gonna decide the future of the franchise. If collectively the president and CEO and the GM have determined that this coach is next in Green Bay. He will get it done. And Aaron Rodgers would want to veto it. Now, I don't see this happening, right? So we're playing a hypothetical that I just don't see. So when we talk about involved, we, we want to show signs of involvement. We want the quarterback to um, feel valued in the situation without question. But without telling him, I'm not giving him veto power. You know, if he walked out of the room and said, guys, I don't know if this is going to work. Now we've got an issue. Now we got an issue. That's why, for some, you wouldn't even open that door. You would just go to Aaron Rodgers and say, we've, de- we've decided to hire this coach. We, we, you know, you're going to be playing for him. We wanted you to know first. So nobody else has been told yet. We've not released it to the media. Wanted you to know, uh, is there anything you'd like to have input in here or would you like to talk to him before we make the announcement 
But it would just be, for me, that would be the show. Because you want the quarterback to feel valued, but I can't bring him in. I can't bring him into the system to make the decision. I just thought it was interesting because I I didn't think about it like, and and maybe if you want to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole, they he does have that power and we'll never know it. And I don't know how realistic that is, but I kind of got that sense from from Dan Patrick where he's like, this is a different situation. There's a limited window. Everybody has to be on the same page, including the star quarterback. And I thought to myself, maybe they're deflecting attention away from Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he is more involved at what level? I don't know, but maybe he is. And they just say something out there publicly so the quarterback doesn't have any of this fall on his shoulders because his only job is to be quarterback publicly. We'll spend a great deal of our afternoon talking about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we want to mix in other stuff. Certainly we will with Badger basketball. Another win last night in conference. They're now 2-0 and in the Big Ten and 8-1 and overall. John or John Krabbelhoff, Joe Krabbenhoff, Badger basketball assistant coach, will join us when we come back on the 97.3 The Game and statewide, you're listening to The Mike Heller Show. John Krabbelhoff. If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd been married a long John time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? It's uh, Joe Krabenhoff, Badger basketball assistant coach, brought to you by JL Four Wheel Drive. Get ready for winter at JL Automotive and Four Wheel Drive Center. Snow plows from Snow Dog, Western, and Boss, plus preseason sales service. Now, listen, I know this about you, Joe, even though I don't know it. I, I would make a bet on this, and I don't know the answer, that you have driven a snowplow. <laughs> that is correct. See? Uh, <laughs> yeah. John, you would have taken the other side of this. Uh, maybe. No? I don't know. I think Joe probably would have. Come on. I'm from South Dakota. That's all. I mean, uh, that's like what we do for fun. I yeah. think that's probably what you drive in the wintertime. <laughs> you a look snowplow. forward to exactly. it. Yeah, yeah, you look forward to it. Yeah, hey, I get absolutely. the Yeah, the cabin's all heated up and you don't have to get out. You just <laughs> boom, take care of it. Um now I also have a pretty good idea. You're a Vikings fan, is that right? I was just gonna say we, we have a snowplow <laughs> at our cabin and it's a purple Ford F one fifty, like a nineteen ninety five purple Ford F one fifty, and we its nickname is the Viking and it's a snowplow and that's what I drive. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Drives the Viking. That's yeah. so yeah, that's amazing. I hope at Love some it. point. You so get, yes, I'm a Viking. So yes, I'm a Viking. I hope. Fan. I hope at some point you get stuck in that Viking out in the in a big <laughs> snowdrift and have to lug your way back in safely. Of course. Um, yeah. Uh, you you have to be disappointed though. I mean, your Vikings. Uh, I mean, this is a terrible disappointment for them to be six six and what are they seven five and one or six, something five and one six I think. five and one. I mean, they're not good. Right, they went out and got yeah. the, a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback that they paid Hall of Fame caliber money, and I don't know, just asking. You know, I, I think my thing that I'm most disappointed. I'm still disappointed. We lost to the Buffalo Bills at home. If we mm. didn't, we're sitting at seven, four and one. Yeah, clear, fully in the playoffs. You know, going into Seattle, I, I would feel much better. But you lose to Buffalo at home, you put yourself in this position. But I am feeling good. You know, I've been here for three years and. My record is now six or five, one and one against the Packers. Oh, uh, what? Excuse so me. I, <laughs> I remind people in the office of that every once uh, in a while. So. We need to get Joe on a landline so we can understand him better. I was having a hard time hearing some of that. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, let's talk about the the stuff that we will agree on. Uh, 
Wow, that's that's really good last night, and good to get two and zero in the Big Ten. You won't play another Big Ten game for a month, uh, but two and zero in that uh, early start to the Big Ten season, winning at Iowa home against Rutgers, eight and one overall. And Joe, that's a tough defensive team that you had to play last night. They make you uncomfortable, and your guys handled that very well, better in the second half than the first. But overall, you handled it very well. Yeah, yeah, and you know, dating back to you know, really the. Xavier game it's been a pretty tough stretch since then and the kind of we're still you know we still got another tough one coming up Saturday and they're all tough but uh, to finish you know the the early Big Ten slate here with the Rutgers team at home after being pretty physically and emotionally wore down from a tough stretch you know I think you could see that in the first half not an excuse we got to be sharper we got to play better and you got to give Rutgers credit but uh, I'm just really proud of our team and our guys for you know being our record right now, going through that stretch and, uh, you know, playing the way we did in the second half, I thought the biggest thing to that second half was the first 30 seconds that Khalil Iverson provided us, that big spark of a great post move in the paint that he's been working on a lot. And then to get a steal, break away, quick timeout by Rutgers, I felt like, okay, here we go. We got the momentum. Uh, I felt much better at that point. So, uh, a good win at home. It's still kind of weird playing Big Ten, and now we're going back to non-conference, you know, Marquette, and then a couple more, and then back in the Big Ten. Still can't quite get used to it, but uh, you got to feel pretty good at 2-0 and going into the Big Ten once we start up again in January. So uh, we're in a good position, and uh, the good thing is we, we have a long ways to go, and we can get a lot better. I think we all knew when you got started uh, with the road game in Cincinnati against Xavier and then Stanford, Oklahoma, Virginia, North Carolina State, Iowa, Rutgers, and now Marquette, that this was going to be a really interesting run. For you, you might view it different than interesting, but it was going to be challenging. And let's see what we have from an outsider's viewpoint looking at what Wisconsin basketball is when you finish with Marquette. And right now, shoot, it's it's been an awfully good go against different styles and it appears that your roster and your squad has handled it all really well. Yeah, yeah. I think looking at the schedule back in September, you know, we would be, uh, I don't want to say this publicly, but most would probably sign up for H1 sure. at this point. And, uh, uh, but, you know, no different than any of the fans. We were anxious to see, you know, what, what our group would be like after going through a schedule like that. And I'm, you know, very happy with, uh, contributions of different guys every single night. I think that's a sign of a good team. You know, you've got guys struggling at certain times. Boom, Kobe King comes in and plays really well in the Bahamas. Here in, in Big Ten play, Brevin Pritzel has really shown up and given us some great minutes and a great lift. And, you know, I think it, you'll continue to see guys. You know, Ty Strickland's getting into the mix with Trevor being on the mend a little bit. So it's a matter of time before he starts to play really well. So it's that's a sign of a good team. And uh, we can hurt you in different ways. And I think uh, overall this team has really tried to buy in and adopt a defensive mentality uh, that we saw what not having one early in the year did to us last year. And uh, at the end, I thought we developed that, and it's certainly carried over so far to this year. And I think we can get better. You know, Rutgers did some things to us that exposed us a little bit, which is, means we just get back to practice and we got a lot to work on. And I think going into a game against Marquette, there's definitely some things you got to shore up defensively or they'll really make you pay. Two quick final thoughts here, and that is, what do you see about Ethan Happ that is even better than what he was a year ago? Um, and, and is that in part and parcel to the players and pieces that are healthy and around him? Yeah, to, yeah, 
absolutely, I think. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He would be the first to credit his teammates and his coaches, but uh, he's, he's put in so much time on his game, every aspect of his game. Obviously, the shooting and the free throws get talked about a ton, and he's going to continue to work on both of that. But uh, just the way he's handled the ball, the way he's taken care of the ball, I know his turnovers may be a little high uh, up to his and our standards, but his assists are through the roof. So we'll take some of those. He's, a, he's as good a playmaker as there is, and he's 6'10". Um, so he, he's worked extremely hard, and I think the, the guys around him have done a good job of you know, relieving some pressure, you know, you got a guy like Demetric Trice shooting 60% from three or whatever it is, you know, there's not as much, you know, teams can't feel so good about leaving the guys on the perimeter this year. And uh, so I think he's thankful to have a full squad and a squad that's shooting it really well around him. Uh, Marquette is like a, a Packers Vikings game. It's only once a year, but it is from, a, especially from a fan standpoint, but you played in it and, and now you're, coaching in it uh what is this matchup like and what do we have to look forward to when you uh face off against the warriors golden eagles this weekend oh uh, the emotions are real the feelings are uh legit i got i got, i can feel it already this week here now, when i woke up this morning was um thinking about it and uh it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game i think you're seeing two teams this year that are off to two pretty good starts um teams that are ready to get back to the tournament do well in their conferences and uh you know the rivalry is real i mean it's uh it'll be heated uh, playing in that new arena i've never been down there but i've heard it's unbelievable and i'm sure it'll be rocking like it hasn't been yet really i mean at least from the collegiate standpoint so uh i'm really looking forward to it and we'll be prepared and ready and i know our guys, they, they've played with a little chip on their shoulder. I can tell, you know, playing Xavier, who we played last year, who beat us. Playing, you know, even Virginia, even though we didn't uh, win down the Bahamas, we played them last year. And they, they, they just have something to prove playing at Iowa where we dropped one last year. You could tell there's a, they, they remembered some of that stuff. There's some scars that won't probably ever go away on, on that team. And, uh, uh, you know, Marquette came in and got us last year when we were at a low moment and, uh Hopefully our guys remember that and you know go out there and, and still have something to prove. I know they will. Very good. Hey, Joe, we always appreciate it. Thanks for the time, and uh, it, it'll be fun this weekend. All right, absolutely. And don't hold that Packer bike. Oh, no, I don't uh, hold anything. John, yeah. John's there with me, man. Yeah. You, you work with him every day. That's my guy. We, yeah. I listen to you guys, and I love that You know, he'll throw in a few Vikings things every once in a while. But uh, excited to see what the Packers do here. I know they got – they got a great quarterback, and you know they're, they're going to give the Vikings a run for their money. They they may get their second win in my tenure here. So <laughs> if I if I wouldn't be suspended right now, I would play the Vikings horn. I am going to kick him out of studio at four thirty. Let's just and, imagine that happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, thanks, right. Joe. Talk, talk to you soon, Joe Krabenhoff, Badger basketball assistant coach. I, and yeah, yeah he's got he, that snowplow, that big truck, ninety five. Yeah. Viking. <laughs> I, I, I really, you know, I'd love love to see a picture of that just off the side of the road, kind of leaning into the ditch and stuck with a tow truck trying oh, sure to pull it would. back out. That'd be fantastic. It could happen. It Maybe probably like a, a green and gold uh, John Deere. Very or possible. Like it has happened. 
Oh, for sure. The snow plows get stuck to you. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mike, uh, we've hey, only John. got about a minute left. Yeah. On the yeah. other side, I'm looking at the latest Bovada odds, because part of your poll questions today uh, had to do with who should the next Packers coach be. Yep. And Bovada put out their odds as to who the next full-time Packers head coach will be, and there's some names on there. I want to talk about, but there's not enough time to get into it because we have like less than a minute. Yeah, and I actually posted two Twitter poll questions because I wanted to to view it from both the collegiate and and NFL level. So I have two poll questions: one with only college candidates and one with only NFL candidates. So the NFL candidates: Josh McDaniels, John DeFilippo, Bruce Arians, John Harbaugh. The college only candidates: Who would you pick? Jim Harbaugh, Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley, Nick Saban. Doesn't include everybody. Brian Kelly, the head coach of Notre Dame, might be on that list. Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern might be on that list. So we're going to touch on those, and we'll go through some of the odds as well as we continue. Plus, Bill Huber will join us in the 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock hour. This is the Mike Heller Show. This is the Mike Heller Show. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, here's Mike Heller. In and with you on a Tuesday afternoon on the Mike Heller Show. We welcome you aboard. It's the day after the day after the Packers announcing that they fired Mike McCarthy Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Yesterday spent the entire day in and around Lambeau Field in Green Bay. The press conferences of Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst and Joe Philbin. Then over to Anduzzi's for this show and then in the huddle. And Josh Jackson, who was scheduled to be our player guest last night on In the Huddle, uh, canceled, and I understand it. He's a rookie, uh, rookie defensive back. He and his agent didn't feel totally comfortable with him being in the middle of a conversation about a coach being fired the night before the head coach, which has never happened before in Green Bay. So Amon Green, the Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer, their all-time leading rusher, was the guest then on in the huddle last night. Also had Ron Wolf on the show at five thirty last night. We'll bring back a portion of that at some point today, in case you didn't hear from that last night and and I think that the really interesting one of the really interesting concepts that is being debated and I'm doing a little bit of it on Twitter but we'll do a little bit of it here on the air is how is Aaron Rodgers involved we played a portion from the Dan Patrick show earlier today and Dan is of the mindset that Aaron Rodgers needs to be involved in input in the next head coach and I I just I wonder what does input mean? Because I cannot let the tail wag the dog. In the NBA, if it's LeBron James, um, I don't want LeBron James forming the search committee and saying, you should interview. Here's my list of candidates I want you to interview, and I want to be in on the interviews. Can't do it like that. But Can't they, even do it like that there. I was going to say, but they kind of do that in the NBA. Right? But it's it's a little bit of a different deal. Okay, so let me ask you this question. If we you open up that, uh, by the way, I'm Mike Heller, that's John Audius. Hey, fellas, what's up? You open up that can of worms and you say, Aaron, we want you involved in this. We'd like you to in on some of the interviews, if you'd like to be. And um, we want some say. We want you to have some say. It's important to you. It's important to us. Um, then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt week one next year. 
maybe even you know maybe it's a Colt McCoy thing. Maybe, uh, knock on wood. It's it's an it's a significant injury. Now that quarterback has helped you determine your head coach. Maybe you didn't love the con. This is the deal. You cannot let. This isn't maybe the right way to phrase it. You cannot let the tail wag the dog. I can't have the player involved to the point where it's a significant involvement on on the coach. And I've been debating a little bit back and forth on Twitter with Jeremy and some others, saying because I said in the first in the first hour, if you decided on the head coach and you opened up this element of it. Hey, Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst uh, on the phone with Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Aaron, we've decided uh, we're offering the job to this candidate. We've interviewed him on two occasions. think what he brings to the table is fantastic. We think you're going to love working with him. We believe that we can win a Super Bowl moving forward in this direction. We'd like for you to talk to him before we make the announcement. And then Aaron talks to him, and he comes out of that conversation and says, Hey, guys, I don't know if I can do this. I, I don't like this and this. Now you've opened up and said, okay, wait, what? Now, now you got an issue. So what happens if you just go to Aaron Rodgers and say, before we announce it publicly and have a press conference, we wanted you to be the first to know that we have offered and accepted the position of new head coach to this person. We think that you'll get along famously. We think it, it is a win-win for the organization, for you, and this roster moving forward. But we just wanted you to know before it got out there. Nobody knows yet. And isn't that enough? I got to turn my mic on. I think it's interesting to hear, and we'll, I'll play a little bit of what uh, Dan Patrick had to say here in the Big Three at Three. It's interesting to think about that because I don't, I don't know if your scenario unfolds, right? Because I would think that they would have more, he would have more input before they say, by the way, just to let you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked to this guy. And we want him to be our, like, I think along the way, these are the guys we're talking to. And like, sure, what do you think I, yeah. about him? What do you think about him? And if Rogers says something initially about the guy that they ultimately picked, then they're like, okay, we got to look at this guy and see how we can convince Aaron that what he's saying is, yeah, you can think yeah, isn't yeah, true. Yeah, listen, it's not an absolute how you go about the process. My deal would be this. I can't bring the quarterback into the equation with decision-making power. So when when Dan Patrick or others talk about quarterbacks got to have input, what is it? With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Input mean. And is input a facade? It's not really input, but we want him to think he's got input. Or is input legitimate input? And then you're, so if you're Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst, you're going to tie your future to the quarterback's desire to work with this coach? Well, then just let him do it. You're gonna if you if you're gonna take it to that level, where's the cutoff? New Packers GM and head coach Aaron Rodgers, yeah, and, and quarterback. You know, Aaron did make it clear yesterday. Uh, I don't want to. I don't need to be involved. I think that's it's close to a direct quote, as you know, other than playing the sound. I mean, that's that's what he said.
So let's get into uh, it. Let's because uh, yeah, I got I got some more stuff. Yeah, if you're play. ready, uh, John, if you're ready to do this, I can tell you that the three at three is brought to you by Mayfield Sports Marketing, your source for athlete appearances and motivational speakers. And uh, Mark Mayfield helped us uh, secure Ron Wolf for the show yesterday, uh, which is fantastic. You want to reach out? Hey, that's the the work you can get done with MayfieldSportsMarketing.com. This is the Big Three at Three. The top three trending sports stories this hour. Number three. All right, number three. Um, let's take a look at those coaches in a little bit, but let's start with uh, Dan Patrick. All right, there's like three sound bites I pulled because they had like a five-minute conversation on Rodgers and the input he may or may not have. Um, but Dan basically says, listen, he has to be part of the process. And DP went on to say this. We haven't played this sound bite yet on the show. You can't walk in being like, oh, hold on, I just are you okay with this? Is that, Priv- is that good? Privately, no you 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 have to, absolutely. There's only one Aaron Rodgers. Like, how many other quarterbacks are you going to have to acquiesce to? Yeah, but like, just so you're just going to walk in and be like, okay, it's your team, and I'll just call the plays that you want. Like, that's no, no it's way. not. It's not your team, but you have to be comfortable with that coach because you weren't comfortable with your last coach. And I I do have to, you know have a conference with him. I have to defer to Aaron Rodgers to at least to a certain degree. I'm not going to say you got, you know, final say so as much as I'm going to say, look, your opinion really matters here. So I think DP is kind of saying like he has to be in the process and discussing candidates. And and, and, you know, you know how much I love Dan Patrick. I don't agree. I think you're you're opening a very, very dangerous precedent here. Let's take precedent out of it. If Aaron Rodgers is going to be he Dan used the term acquiesce. What if you had to acquiesce to the quarterback that you really like this candidate and the quarterback's going, I don't know. Now now okay, if the quarterback goes, I don't know, you can't hire that guy. You can't hire that guy. So that's the part where if you bring him in. And he goes, I don't and, and here, let me put this on the plate, too. If you're Aaron Rodgers, even if you don't love the next choice, what are you going to do? Sabotage the remainder of your career and be unhappy and put your chin on the ground and not do the things you're supposed to do? He's only got a four- to five-year window left. What's he going to do, walk in and demand a trade? I mean, I, I'm not trying to say that you play hardball here. I'm saying... I don't know if I want to bring him into the process to any great extent because what if he says, ooh, I'm, I don't know. What was it like when Favre, do you remember? when Favre's not involved. He was not involved in that process of Mike McCarthy. At least publicly, right? I don't think he's involved in the process. Do you think they, they don't you think they went to Favre at some point? No. Not at all? No. Why don't you think that? Because they, uh, owners in other markets... GMs and president in Green Bay, um, Ted Thompson. It was a different time. It was Ron like, Wolf are not going to the quarterback and saying, "Hey, we'd like to hire this guy." Yeah, it is. I it want, is a different time. I want your thoughts. But maybe, as soon as you say, "I want your thoughts," now you have two issues. One, if they're on board, everything's fine. Secondly, if they say, "Oh boy, I don't know," what are you going to do then? What happened? I, you I asked mean, me for my opinion. I told you my opinion, and then you went and did it anyway. I think we all kind of agree here. Even Dan Patrick and you might be closer than you think, just because he's older than me. Yeah. Well, I meant just in in this oh, situation. I yeah, I didn't mean like age or anything like that. Um, I think you might be closer than you think, just because I don't think Dan is saying you go in there and you give the final s- stamp of approval. 
but we're going to talk to you along the way. And if you have any reservations, you got to let us know because if you have reservations and you don't say anything and three years down the road, this ain't working, then I'm done. And you should have said something. Again, what if he has reservations? I don't know. You have to. Do you want to hire your next head coach based on the whims of your current quarterback? Um, Probably not. But I think, I don't know. It just has to be. It has to be factored in. I don't know whether or not you then go against his wishes. I mean, obviously, I think you would if you're Murphy. He seems like a guy that is very clear who's going to make the final decision here. But I just think it's important to know those things going into it. And so I think that's how he'll be involved. I don't think he'll have the final do it. But but again, as soon as you say in the process, uh, what are your thoughts? And, and like if if the heck if the GM and the president really like a candidate and they say, hey, Aaron, yeah, I don't what know. do you think? And Aaron goes, oh, I don't know. I'm not so sure. That could be that could be challenging. That's an issue, dude. That's yeah. a that's a, I just dooted you. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's why I, I I would have to be incredibly careful. But isn't as, about how I handle that part of the process. Isn't it just a big of a deal of keeping the guy that you just gave the biggest contract to and is the best quarterback in the league kind of on the same page and happy because he's your best shot at winning? I think then you have to sell him on the concept before you ask him what you think. This is this is why we're doing this. This is this is the direction I think we're going to go, and this 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 and this. We hope that uh, that you know we have every confidence that the two of you will work together incredibly well. All let's, good. Let's move on. Number two. Uh, you choose your own adventure: college hoops or college football. Mm, college football. College football. Jonathan Taylor not a finalist for the Heisman. Didn't think he would be. Uh, I have a Heisman vote. I had to turn it in yesterday. And, um, can't say who you voted for. Don't do it, or every the whole Heisman vote structure fails. So I can't tell you who I voted one, two, and three. We get three. You vote for the top three. First place, second. I don't place, think third you can't. I think they frown upon it. No, I'm telling you, that's what we do. Oh, okay. As as a vote, you only get three. You vote a first place, a second place, and a third place. Is it simply come down to the Badgers' record? I think for some people, sure. Because yeah. if they were eleven and one, well, here, here's Jonathan the deal. Taylor had his there are season. Three quarterbacks going to New York City. Yeah. So the Heisman has, for a long, long time, other than the rare exception, has been best player on the best team, and best player is typically a quarterback. Not always. I mean, there are exceptions, but you have to be uh, extraordinary as a running back. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor's been extraordinary, but Wisconsin has a soft record. But, I mean, he had an extraordinary season. He's had an extraordinary two seasons. So, Tua Tunga-Vailoa and Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins are going to New York City. I get it. They're and- the three quarterbacks <clears throat> on three on three of the top five teams in college football. I, and I, I understand it. Um, it doesn't mean I have to exactly like it because the part that bothers me is knowing that if Jonathan Taylor – wore a different color jersey. This is what that makes me upset. Um that all of a sudden he's a more thought of player to win that award. Running backs are devalued in general. So it, it is it is a quarterback's game, certainly in today's college football. It's a quarterback's game, not a running back's game. Um but if Wisconsin was thirteen and O or twelve and one and Jonathan Taylor had two thousand yards, he'd be in New York City. I don't know if he'd win it. But he'd be in New York City if the Badgers were a twelve and one team 
going to the Rose Bowl or into the college playoff, and he had he would have over 2,000 yards because he'd have played in another game. might even be more difficult for Taylor this year considering the struggles that the team has had. That, uh, oh, I, I mean, that's that was I mean? my consideration in casting a vote, yeah. is that every team that played Wisconsin, all 12 of them, knew that they couldn't throw the ball, especially after the first few games. They they sold out on the run. They always sell out on the run when they play Wisconsin. They sold out on the run. So you credit the offensive line and that running back for being that amazing in a season in which defenses knew that that was all you could do. The only thing they can do. They can't beat you by throwing the football, either because of receivers or the quarterback or the quarterback injury, whatever the circumstances were. We're, We just have to find a way to stop the run. And the kid still runs for 2,000 yards. So he deserves strong consideration. The vote's already done. He deserved consideration. Number one. All right. So who and I the, voted? Yeah. And I can't tell you who I voted for. Which is by the okay, way, okay. I'm going to do no, it. Anyway. Don't do it. Huh? The Heisman. Don't swipe that away. I'm, I'm just uh, John. I don't care. The anymore. guy I'm in just, Lexington got his is, taken away. Okay. This is what I voted. I voted first place, second place, and third place. That's what I voted. Stop. Don't say anything. I made up that story about a guy getting his vote swiped just to scare you, so you wouldn't say. I it. wasn't scared, and no. I wasn't going to. guy in Lexington got his vote taken away. Heller. Who will be the next full-time Packers coach? Now, you had uh, some of this, uh, whether it was pro examples and college examples, as two separate poll questions on your Twitter at Heller Sports. But I'll say this, Mike. I do have the Las Vegas odds. Do you want to know what the odds are first, or do you want to know? Yeah, give me your odds, and then I'll give you what it is on the vote. According to Bovada, the leader in the clubhouse at 7-4 to four is Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. Okay. Remember, he backed out of the Colts gig. It's kind of funny sometimes how things work out. Yeah. Right? Like, if he does become the next coach, and let's say he resurrects Green Bay and they go back to the Super Bowl and win, like, it's amazing the things that transpired to lead you to a championship sometimes. It It would, uh, that would replicate what, um, what his boss did, right? His boss failed as a head coach, Bill Belichick. Mm hmm. Then got a second chance, and he hasn't failed. Um, Josh McDaniels had a chance in Denver, didn't go very well. Uh, then back to New England, took the Indianapolis job, even hired assistant coaches, then backed out. That is a red flag, and and I would think that Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst in Green Bay would have pause on that without question. Right. In our vote, I offered four NFL candidates: Josh McDaniels, John DiFilippo, who's your offensive coordinator in Minnesota. And has not had a very good year. A lot of people saying take him. Yeah, Bruce Arians, uh, former Arizona coach, not on this list. And John Harbaugh, not on the current Baltimore coach, which is interesting. I'll get to that subset in a moment. Josh McDaniels, fifty-one percent of the vote. Bruce Arians was second. I asked this before: Would you trade Mike McCarthy for John Harbaugh? I've asked this on the show. Have you? Yeah. What if they did? What if the two franchises? Were I'm like, just saying. What, I mean, what, what if that's what happened? What if Baltimore cut ties with John Harbaugh? He came to Green Bay, and Mike McCarthy took the Baltimore job. Essentially, it's a trade. Well, they're winning though right now, Baltimore. Yeah, they're they're going to be on the on the edge, right? I don't think that's going to happen. I just brought it up as an example. By the way, John D. Filippo. Did I say that right? Yeah, I think so. That sounded weird. Uh, he's third on this list at three to one. Um, they and have then, college candidates on there. Yeah, but my, by the way, my pro candidate is ten to one. I'm going all in right now on Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator, Kansas City Chiefs. 
If he can do it, Patrick Mahomes, and have this high-scoring, exciting offense, what if he brought that to Titletown? Don't you think some people are looking at that at maybe the powers that be in Green Bay and say, listen, they can go do it, Patrick Mahomes. We got Aaron flipping Rodgers. Get him into Green Bay and start getting creative with our offense and yeah. see what happens. He was the running backs coach in Kansas City until last year. This year he's the offensive coordinator. Is Kansas City's offense that much better this year than last? He's never been a head coach. This is his first year as an offensive coordinator, and you're gonna you're gonna yeah. jump in in the last last chance for Aaron Rodgers and, and throw your trust in the direction of Eric Bieniemy. I will. And you understand the weaponry that they're working with. And you also understand that that Andy Reid's long-term offensive success, again, you're going to hire the offensive coordinator who's not really the offensive coordinator. Andy Reid is. Well. Well, what? Kansas City scoring 37 points per game. And Andy Reid's their head coach and their offensive coordinator. Okay. Even though Eric Bieniemy's listed as the OC, I'm just talking the same way Bill Walsh in San Francisco. Last year they scored 26 points per game. Mike Holmgren in Green Bay was their offensive coordinator. So you're going to hire his offensive coordinator? I don't know. I don't know. Is that how he's viewed in Kansas City? Is that how Bieniemy's viewed? That's how I'm viewing it. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Is that like a Kansas City thing? Or not. Um, all right, so who are your college choices? Because they have college candidates here, too. Uh, Lincoln Riley leading the vote at 59%. Again, never stepped foot on an NFL sideline. Chip Kelly would make me nervous. The first go-around with Nick Saban in Miami would make me nervous. I just, I, I just don't. And listen, his great success at Oklahoma is also tied to coaching in the Big 12, in which, as a league conference rule, when their coaches get together in the summer and they have their conference meetings— they remind them, no defense. No defense. That's that's part of the conference bylaws. So I'm not all in there either. Um, by the way, I did miss John Harbaugh. He was there at uh one, two, three, fifth. What at about Jim Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh's not on the list, but Lincoln Riley is second on this list. So it goes McDaniels, Riley, mm. DiFilippo, then Bienemy, then fan. Harbaugh. And, not, and, and maybe I would regret this, but if I get one shot at this, I don't know if I'm, that's a, a, something I'm a fan of. Uh, I don't know that I could do that. You know, Lincoln Riley is not coached in the NFL. Lincoln Riley's track record um, is all collegiate. He was, as a coach... Texas Tech as a student assistant, Texas Tech as a grad assistant, Texas Tech as a wide receivers coach, then the um, uh, state of Texas Tech, he was the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach at East Carolina, assistant head coach and OC at East Carolina, and then to Oklahoma as the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach in 15 and 16, and he's been the head coach at Oklahoma from 2017 to now. His record, 24 and 3. None of that includes a moment in the National Football League. I get it. College coaches can make it work, but is that the, are you willing to roll that dice? Those dice die. Are you willing to roll roll those die? Which would you do? Die. Okay. Um, let's go to a couple quick calls before the break, right? Yeah, let's do it. How about Nick calling from Oshkosh? Hello Nick, how are you? Hey Mike, I'm doing well. Uh, I I wanted to get your thoughts and you too John on Matt LaFleur. He came up with Sean McVay. I think, you know, you talk about that chief system with the enemy, it'd be nice, but there's a guy who was the OC for the Rams last year, and he's the OC now for the Titans, and you know he's doing the brunt of the work because Mike Vrabel's a defensive coach. So what would you think about bringing in Matt LaFleur as the new coach? Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's going to be, 
Yeah, I, you know, you can look at offensive coordinators that are having early success. You know, you know, Nick brings up Matt Lafleur. He's he would be qualified because of what he's doing right now. Um, the guys that you're going to consider is the offensive coordinator with the Rams, and now with the Tennessee Titans, he's had success. And by by the way, before that, the quarterbacks coach in Atlanta in years that Matt Ryan was awfully good. So yeah, there's some validity there. I think he's going to be on their list. All these all these guys are going to be qualified to some level. I just worry from a track record standpoint um, of what a college coach does jumping to the NFL for the first time. In this case, Matt Lafleur is an NFL guy, has been um, since 2015 with Atlanta for a couple of years, then the Rams as their OC a year ago to Tennessee this year. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is from ESPN about Bienemy's role. He says uh, this article on ESPN with Bienemy and the offense in Kansas City. Reed calls the offensive plays while Bienemy helps assemble the playbook and weekly game plans and runs the offensive meetings. He's also the voice in Mahomes' ear through the headset. And um, obviously, Reed says good things about him. Of course, he does. Yeah. I don't know about him. Uh, it's working yeah, out so far. He's but, not been uh, very good. I, we'll, I think we'll keep him. Um, all right, another quick call, and then we got to take a break. All right, let's do it. Ed from Madtown. Hello, Ed. Hey, gentlemen. Um, I like John Harbaugh as my head coach if why? he's available. Why? And why? Because he has NFL experience, and I think. Um, but he needs an offensive coordinator, and I like to see Daryl Bevel be an offensive coordinator for the Packers. He's not working in the league right now. That's right. He's so free. He's available. Okay. Well, many times there's a reason. I thought he was, I don't know. Yeah. I thought he was just taking a year off. I thought he was kind of. Well, okay, but the the point would be. Um, not saying he'd be good or not. I'm just saying I think that's the reason. Do you why. think Seattle's offense was innovative and great? Or do you think Russell Wilson ran around and made some plays? I think he had no time. And, and Russell had a great Wilson running back. Ran around and made some plays. So, I don't know. I, I, I That's not meant to disparage uh, Daryl Bevel. Um, I don't. Vikings. Offensive coordinator, too. Remember that? Oh, six. Oh, did that happen? And I, I do, by the way, I will say this. I believe in the good season with Favre in Minnesota. It kind of felt, and I remember this being the storyline, where Favre just kind of started taking over a little bit more. Like, let's, let's just let Favre get the flow of this game. And things started to take off for the Vikings after that. So, I don't know. I don't know what to think about Daryl Bevel. Yeah, I I don't I haven't seen his I've heard his name, but I haven't uh, I don't believe that there's a whole lot there with that. Um eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. We'll visit with Bill Huber, PackerReport.com after the bottom of the hour. You want to hear from Aaron Rodgers or Ron Wolf when we come How about back? Well we play all of it. Yeah, we'll we'll get you a little bit. Ron Wolf joined us live on the program yesterday at five thirty. Aaron Rodgers met with the media in front of his locker on Monday, which he doesn't normally do, but yesterday was not normal. We'll give you some of that when we come back. On 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee and statewide, you're listening to The Mike Heller Show. We'll visit live on the program with Bill Huber, PackerReport.com. He'll join us just after 3.35, so 11 minutes from now. Bill Huber jumps into the program. Four o'clock hour will include Jeff Patrikas of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online. Uh, before we get to any more phone calls, let me bring back a little bit of Ron Wolf yesterday. We visited with the Pro Football Hall of Famer at 5.30. He is uh, obviously a Super Bowl winning general manager with the Green Bay Packers and um, a football icon um, and incredibly well respected. He brought. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He brought reality and championship football back to Green Bay after a long hiatus. And uh, had a chance in the 5.30 time frame yesterday to visit with the Green Bay Packers former GM and Pro Football Hall of Famer Ron Wolf Says Green Bay's a really good job if you can land it still. Well, I would think it's a fabulous job in today's NFL because, because of what it represents. And anybody that knows anything at all about professional football would want to come and be a part of the uh, green and gold. You're talking about the the greatest tradition in the history of the National Football League right there. You have an opportunity to uh, play in Lambeau Field. You go out on that field. You look at those magical names that surround Lambeau Field. That's what pro football is all about. It's a legendary place. So I can't imagine anybody worth their salt wouldn't want to, would not want to have a job coaching the Green Bay Packers. Went on to say that uh, with the talent they have right now, they could be back on top right away. I don't think it's that difficult. Uh, it's easy for me to say uh, because I'm not involved. But it looks like you just add a few key elements and away you go. Look at what happened to the Chicago Bears. They had Mack and whoop, they've taken off. And so that's one player. So I'm not familiar enough with Green Bay's personnel to talk. In fact, I'm not familiar with anybody's personnel to talk in that, in, in that area, but I would think that'd be easy to get back. They, they have an excellent receiver in Adams. That's, that's a starting point. Finally have a home run back in Jones. That's another great point. There Pretty you go. good quarterback. Got, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they got some pieces. So Not some pieces. They got pieces. That's a, it was a good conversation with, with Ron Wolf. Um, I asked him about Mike McCarthy as a head coach, and he, he, he just referred to the record. He said, all you got to do is look at the record. Um, I, I don't know how Ron Wolf feels about uh, Elliot Wolf leaving the Packers hierarchy to go to Cleveland. You know, Elliot Wolf was in the Packers organization. He was a hot young candidate. He was in the discussion last year to be the GM along with uh, with Russ Ball and Brian Gutekunst and Elliot didn't get it. He left to join John Dorsey with the Cleveland Browns. Um, and it might have just been a couple of years too early for Elliot Wolf. But uh, but it's a good conversation with Ron Wolf. He, listen, nobody gets it the way he does um, because he's walked in those shoes. And the structure is different now in Green Bay. When I asked him on that, he, he just said it's a different time in the NFL. Um, so he, he walked around that a little bit uh, deftly, I would add. Also, Aaron Rodgers met with uh, the media. He doesn't do it on Mondays. Wednesday is his meet with a media day. I assume that that – I don't know whether that will happen tomorrow or not. Uh, he might have fulfilled that obligation yesterday. And uh, it, was a, it was a somber visit, shorter than normal, in front of Aaron Rodgers' locker, and he talked about uh, you know those moments and how surreal it was in that locker room yesterday. Yeah, it's an odd day for sure. Um, I'm the only one in this locker room who was around in 05, 
uh, when Mike Sherman was let go at the end of the season. And it's, you know, it's a weird day. It's a tough day. Um, obviously, the emotions of uh, a frustrating defeat at home, um, game we expected to win, and then getting the news uh, later on last night, you know, was uh, definitely tough. Aaron Rodgers uh, talking uh, in front of his locker yesterday. He also said he would reach out to Mike McCarthy, and, and he said he would do it uh, later yesterday. And one of the other things, too, the the input he may or may not have with the next head coach, he addressed that. Those are decisions that will happen down the line, and, and right now I'm just focused on uh, these next four games and, and the direction we're going with Joe. Um, you know, I'm a, obviously an older player in the league. I still have a number of years on my contract. Would love to still play to forty, and uh, you know, would you know? I think there's there's uh, an interest on who the next guy would be, but um, you know, Mark and and Brian and I have always had um, you know good lines of communication. Um, their their offices, like they say, are always open. And I've had conversations with them, like I've had with with Ted over the years, and um, I'm not you know needing to be involved in that process. I think it's, uh, you know, that's an interesting finish to the conversation where he says, I'm not needing to be involved in that process. That part is, in and of itself, a, a very interesting moment. It's strange because think about, we know how much he changes the plays at the line of scrimmage. In fact, there was an article uh, in which Albert Breer of the Monday Morning Quarterback was quoted recently uh, talking about the friction between Rodgers and McCarthy and the play calling he says, as I understand it, it had gotten to the point where Rodgers, who has autonomy to adjust as he sees fit, was regularly changing plays, which would make it difficult for McCarthy to find his rhythm as a play caller. Um, one coach told Breer the situation often developed into something of a competition to see which one had the better play call. And so it is interesting to note that here's a guy who doesn't want to be involved in much of the process, like he said there at the end, but yet he's involved so much on the direction of the offense, right? Like you're, there's going to be a new guy and he's going to have his plays and his ways and his scheme and his structure. And I don't know. It just seems really odd that this excellent decision maker for the better part of his career is just going to say, okay, now what, now where am I throwing the football? Like, I think he's way more opinionate, opinionated, way more smart and understands the game enough to change plays on a regular basis that he wouldn't want a little bit more input on the direction of that offense guided by himself as quarterback. But I also think he knows that they're not going to bring him into the influencing of that decision. Somebody had uh, emailed me about uh, whether you would have Aaron involved like you did with Mike Budenholzer sitting down and having lunch with Giannis Adetokounmpo. Well, the decision was made. The only thing that can happen there is... Somehow they get in a fight, you know. So, uh, again, well, let's visit with Bill Huber on this, too. We'll get his thoughts on Roger's role in the next head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Bill Huber, PackerReport.com. Our Green and Gold Insider is up next on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee and statewide on The Mike Heller Show. Had a brief encounter with Bill Huber, PackerReport.com, yesterday in the auditorium, Lambeau Field in Green Bay. It was very brief. He walked by me. I pat him on the back said, hi, Bill. 
His time here brought to you by Schwartz Insurance. Schwartz Insurance, be sure. Hi, Bill. Well, you were very busy in my defense. It wasn't like I was being rude. I mean, no, you were no. on the phone, I assume maybe you were right or something. Yeah, I was just, you know. And then there's nothing more awkward, honestly, nothing more awkward. I did it for the NFL draft, too, than sitting in the auditorium with uh, all of you folks who, who are there every day and having to talk live on a radio show. Just nothing more awkward than that. Yeah, it's... uh. Yeah, I've you know I've done radio before. Which probably heck, probably even talking to you guys is just like uh, I, I'm sure I'm annoying the hell out of everybody here. So. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Uh, all right, so let's let's jump into the deep end of the Packers coaching pool here. Um, it's a hurry up and wait process because now everybody wants to identify the potential candidates uh, for this job. Let's begin here. What do you think the timetable is? I know that question was asked yesterday in the press conference. Um, and, and it's almost certain. I mean, they made it very clear it wouldn't happen in this calendar year. So what do you think the realistic timetable is to have a new head coach in place? Oh, I suppose it's, it's who you're looking for, right? Um, you know, just for the sake of this, let's, let's just say Josh McDaniels is your guy. Well, you can't do anything at all until, you know, you know between the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl, then those guys can interview, I believe, is the rule. So there's there's that one-week window there. I think that's the only time you can talk to them. So... If he is your guy, and you know you can go back channels and figure out if Josh McDaniels is, you know, where he wants to, you know, if he wants to come to Green Bay or not, then then that's the timetable. It's at that point, it's, it's whatever the Patriots are doing. McDaniels can't, you know, I don't think I don't think he can become the head coach while he's still the offensive coordinator in New England. So I guess it depends on who the guy is. Yeah, this is going to be a very patient process uh, for the Packers front office, but for fans who are never patient, this is going to be a long draw. Um, I just had somebody ask me about, and I know they asked the, they asked and answered the question yesterday about Joe Philbin. Your honest belief as to whether Joe Philbin can be a candidate for a legitimate candidate for this job? Um, yeah, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I, when I told that they go four in all these games and they win these games by you know one hundred and twenty to thirty, then yeah, you, get, you better give it a long, hard look. This looks like a all of a sudden it's like the greatest football team you've ever seen in your life. Um, I don't know. It just to me, it feels like this is new start time, right? This you've got a new GM, you got a new way of doing business. Um, this to me seems like you should probably go to the outside and, and find a fresh face with fresh ideas, and you're, and you're not recycling anything. Uh, and it might be better for the team that way too. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, if, if there's a feeling that the offense has gone stale under Mike McCarthy, um, what does Joel Philbin do? I'm sure he'll have a bunch of fresh ideas, but at the end of the day, it's probably you're probably still still doing a bunch of the same things. So, my guess here is you're going outside and bringing in a new face and hoping that works for you. All right, so let, let me have got um, checking off the categories here. Aaron Rodgers' involvement in the hiring of a new head coach—it's a slippery slope, my opinion. What do you think? I think he should, and I wrote about this. Um, yesterday, before the Packers said he would not be involved in it, other than he 
it was basically, he can talk to us if he wants to about it. That was basically the answer. But, right. They said the doors thought, are open. He can walk in and tell us what he thinks. But other than that, they said there would no not be direct involvement. Right. What I, and I wrote about this yesterday. What the Bucks did with Giannis I thought was fascinating. Where you know, I, I'm not sure, sure exactly how it went down. Um, I, I'm assuming that the Bucks, how I think it happened, you, maybe you can correct me on this, but you know, the Bucks had basically thought Boone Holders were a guy. And it was um, breakfast with Budenholzer, Giannis, and Middleton to right. kind of seal the deal there. Um, that's how I would do it. I think it's a fascinating way to do it. And, you know, Giannis is, Giannis is Aaron Rodgers, right? He's not the face of the franchise. He's one of the faces of the league. I, I think you need to know if the quarterback can work with the coach. But just as importantly, I think you need to know if the coach can work with the quarterback. Um, can a three-hour meeting over waffles reveal all that? Yeah, maybe not. But I, I, I think it's helpful. I sure as heck would do it. I'm not saying that Rodgers is making the call on this, but you know, maybe you have him sit in on a portion of the interview. Maybe you get it down to your final three and time to do you know a second interview, and maybe involve Rodgers in that. Um, just to again, I think it's important for the coach to know what he's getting into and see if they can hit it off in a couple hours. So yeah. that's how I would. Well, that is not how they're handling. It. Right, and and then the only uh, you know not the only, but the but the part that then can get a little slippery. Is if you, uh, as McCar- as Murphy and Gutekunst agree on the next head coach, like the Bucks did with Budenholzer, and then they have the sit down with Aaron Rodgers and that new head coach before they announce it, before the contract is signed. What happens if Rodgers walks out of there and goes back to the the bosses and says, eh, "I don't know." That's a great point. That is that is the uh, the giant asterisk on that. Um, you know, maybe, maybe the thing is is Gutekunst and and Murphy, I mean, they know Rodgers. I, yeah, I think yeah, I think right. they would know what he's going to think. Um, I, I don't think they would pick a guy. Right. Like, oh, I don't know if Aaron's going to. We like him, but I don't know about Aaron. Um, so maybe that's how you get around that. But that's, yeah, that's obviously the, the uh, elephant in the room if you do that. What is, what's the, in the short term, I want to go back to this because we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the next coach. But in the short term, how interesting is the next couple of weeks and what happens um, you know, the, the remainder of this week on the field on Sunday, then on the road a week from Sunday when they play in Chicago. Um, this is uncharted water for anybody that's covered the Green Bay Packers because I don't think anybody was covering it in the early 50s the last time a coach was changed <laughs> during the season. No, that's a good point. Um, what I'm interested in, on, at least for Sunday, is, is what do they look like? Um, does Aaron Rodgers suddenly come out and look like the Aaron Rodgers who – you know, led the Packers to a four and one start last year and MVPs before that is you know, I, I think there's always been the thinking that you know, well, I just, I just, you know, the Rogers McCarthy dynamic. I'm interested to see if Rogers Sunday looks like this brand new quarterback and lights the Falcons up on Sunday. That's what I want to see. You know, I, I asked That's the question yesterday uh, of Brian Gutekunst, is the talent good enough in that locker room right now for Mike McCarthy to have done better wins and losses? I think he answered the way I expected him to answer. What's your thought? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. He answered how I thought he would answer, and um, I don't think he was um, being overly truthful about it. And we've talked about this a lot. I just don't. You know, who's he supposed to throw the ball to? He's got he's got one receiver, and he's got some rookies. And you know, Jimmy Graham isn't the Jimmy Graham who you know dominated for years. It's it's a pretty slim pick as an offense. Um, I yeah, I I, I think he was. Uh, I think he's being deferential to his predecessor on that one. If I asked you the question I asked of them yesterday, 
Was it the performance or the result that made the decision have to happen on Sunday with McCarthy? So what what if Crosby had made the field goal and the Packers win in overtime? Are we still doing this now? Man, I wanted to go back to that yesterday, but then the conversation, I mean, as you know, there's, you know, there's, there's 70 people in there yesterday, yeah. and the conversation went, went a different direction. Um, what, what he said, though, I mean, he called it a hypothetical, but then, then he came back to it. We didn't, you know, I don't know the exact word, but, you know, basically said we, we didn't play very well with disappointing something along those lines. Um, we might be. I thought it was an interesting answer. Uh, we might be talking about this right now. He seemed wholeheartedly disappointed with the overall performance. Um, so I, I don't think it's a slam dunk that if they win the game that they hold on to McCarthy for four yeah. weeks. I think well, it was... I'm in agreement. The quality of play was not to what he wanted. Yeah, I do think it was performance-driven, not result-driven. I think that they maybe made their decision in the fourth quarter, regardless uh, of of the the scoreboard at the end. Uh, And then let me finish with this. Do you have any issue if they go the college route? I need to go look into this some more. It used to be a big problem. College coaches going to the NFL um, were disasters. I don't know about that anymore. I need to go look at some college coaches. the college game has changed, and you are spreading the ball around and throwing it all over the air with a spread offense. But that's how the NFL's gone, too, you know? This is, this is not the NFL of 10 years ago. I remember scouts lamenting when they were scouting quarterbacks. They hated spread offense quarterbacks because it didn't resemble what they did. You know what the coaches did? The coaches went to the spread offense and did the college stuff to incorporate that stuff. So, you know, yeah. maybe it does work now. I, mean, I need to go do some, some digging into that to find some some wins-losses results from some recent guys. Yeah, I think Chip Kelly makes people nervous. But, uh, he's not the only guy, but I think Chip Kelly makes people nervous. Uh, there are also going to be the the names, you know, Nick Saban. There's a piece on SI. Nick Saban's name, Urban Meyer's name, Jim Harbaugh's name, John Harbaugh's name is in the NFL, certainly Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. All these names, and we're going to have weeks and weeks and weeks of this to go over. Uh, I promise when we visit on Thursday, we'll spend – um, sometime talking about the game. Bill, we always appreciate it. Thanks for being in here with us. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Nice seeing you. Bill Huber, PackerReport.com, joining us, and we continue in a couple of minutes. Stick around. This is the Mike Heller Show. This is the Mike Heller Show. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, here's Mike Heller. Into the third hour of the program, three of four. Yeah, we went to four hours last week when we launched the new 97-3, the game in Milwaukee on a 50,000-watt deal. So uh, the show went bigger on our FM signal in Milwaukee, and to accommodate that, the show lasts an hour longer. So, John, we're only halfway through, although I'm pretty sure I'm going to kick you out in about a half an hour. So they should be happy about that. Uh, I'm Mike Heller. That's John Ade. Say, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? So I'm warning you uh, in advance of your ejection from studio, which which I think will happen 30 minutes from now. Um, usually John's okay when I kick him out of studio. And, uh, it's the more ha- suspensions, the better is what I always say. Yeah, and because the suspensions, by by the nature of the power that I have and don't have here, I can suspend you, but it's always with pay. Yeah, exactly. So John is always fishing for extra suspensions. 
So I might even be like a more of a smart Alec, right? Yeah. Like, hey, why don't you add another hour to that? Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, like you the, want another hour? Fine. Like the hour. Breakfast Club. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You even ever see that? I've seen it once. Oh, okay. I saw Sixteen Candles for pretty much the first time like two weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that's the movie everybody liked. Right. Molly. That's all I'm going to say about Ringwald. it. That's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the movie everyone liked. You know, I watched Creed over the weekend. I just said that to you I, um, uh, during the break. I liked it. I liked the era. I liked the first Creed, too. That it was, was good. pretty good. I didn't see the new one yet, so I'm way behind <laughs> the times there. I Most of my movie going is on Netflix. My guess is... Series, so I don't watch as many movies as I do series. He is, has some sort of family drama while what? at the same time training, and then he probably fights in a big boxing match. Oh, you think that? Oh, well, hey. My guess is somewhere along that story. Somebody's seen the script. Something happened along those lines. Jeff Patrickus will join us in this hour of the program. Does he ever, have we brought up movies to him? Does he ever have a. I don't think he watches movies. Honestly, like think about all the time during the season he's watching a game or writing about a game or writing about a storyline. Like, yeah. You're going to sit down and watch Netflix when you got a front page article to post? Well, yeah. I mean, John, we, uh, I'm busy all the time. I I tell my kid with my friends all the time, I say, how come you're not at work? I said, listen, I, I'm on the air for four hours a day, but I never stop working because I'm always watching games at home. But yeah, there are times when, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You still have to unplug and Netflix it, and then you can go back on the DVR and watch the game that you didn't watch live or go see the full highlight packages or see all the things you need to see. Listen, this you know what I'm doing here? I'm... um. I'm dancing around the Packers conversation because I'm trying to pace myself. Since Sunday night when this happened at six o'clock, it is uh, it is encompassed, uh, you know, pretty much all of our on-air thoughts. It's all we've done yesterday, and it should be. I, I'm that's not a complaint. I'm trying to dodge it just a little bit, a little change of direction here before we merge back onto the Packers coaching highway. This is like you're on the expressway. Occasionally, you have to get off at a rest stop, uh, fill up with fuel, and just divert for a moment. So that is what we're doing. There's a lot of conversation about the Packers coaching job, and there will be for the next five weeks or longer. Keep this in mind. We just visited with Bill Huber, PackerReport.com. If Josh McDaniels is the candidate you're interested in, or if Lafleur at Kansas City is the candidate that you're interested in um, to to a, a great extent. Uh, you know, um, did I say Kansas City? I think it's BNME in Kansas City. Um, when you're looking at these things, the, the conversation has to be to understand that if those guys are deep into the NFL playoffs, LaFleur is in Tennessee, if those guys are deep into the NFL playoffs, you cannot talk to them until they're done. That would get you to late January. That means you're seven weeks from now, almost but, eight weeks into the deal. But, but, wink, wink, you can still talk to him. 
right? Not directly. You can yeah. only go through their agents. You cannot interview them. You can back channel to see if they have interest. Yeah, so but you, you cannot do you, the interview. That's called tampering. That can, is significant, right? But you can now I don't def- want to be naive, right? You can get a head start for sure. You I get a think. head start, but okay, then this coach comes off the board. That coach goes off the board as your. Hey, Josh McDaniels is our guy. We just have to wait till they're done. Or if they go to the Super Bowl that week, the first week in between the AFC Championship game, the Super Bowl, you can interview them. You can't interview them prior to that. You can't even back. I mean, you can back channel through agents to say, hey, we're interested. Are you interested? Do you think, would you be willing to come? Would your guy be willing to come? You know, that kind of thing. But you can't sit down with them. I always I I wonder how that really works. I've always thought about that. Like, hey, could you ask Josh McDaniels a couple of questions? Uh, number one, what's his overall offensive philosophy, and how do you think he'd work with Aaron Rodgers? Question two: uh, Dog or cat? <laughs> like, if you, just, you were a tree, like what's I'm your not favorite gonna, color? I'm not going to reach out because that's illegal. But if you could go ask him a few questions for me and come back with his exact responses, that would be great. Yeah. I don't know how it actually works, but yeah, you're right. I mean, technically, nothing could happen until the my, Patriots win the Super Bowl. I guess my point is that this is going to be a while if you're going to go with one of the hot assistant coaches in the NFL whose teams might travel deep into the playoffs. That's going to take a while. That would be seven weeks down the road. If you're looking at the college game, Nick Saban's available to interview now. Urban Meyer's available now. Jim Harbaugh would be available to interview now. Lincoln Riley would be available to interview now. Pat Fitzgerald, uh, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. The college candidates that might be in the picture, you can talk and do your due diligence and interview and do those things now. But from the pro game, if you're looking at, you're high on Eric Bieniemy at Kansas City. People are high on Matt LaFleur at Tennessee. Obviously, Josh McDaniels is a candidate. Uh, DeFilippo uh, at Minnesota, I, I know he's going to be on that list. Um, let me ask you this. What about Bruce Arians, who's done it, did it in Arizona, um, kind of an eccentric coach. Uh, the players that have played for him loved him. He stepped away. I think he's on record saying the only job he come back for is Cleveland. <laughs> but... And Cleveland is open. I, I mean, they, these are all the things that are going to get tossed around. And we've got two Twitter poll questions that I put up today. One with a list of potential NFL caliber guys. And one with a list of college caliber guys. And I think it's uh, it's interesting to see how those poll results kind of stack up. I think Bruce Arians is a definite wild card. I just pulled up his Wikipedia page, right? So why did he get out of... How did that... I'd have to look a little deeper. I don't remember. How did he get out of... Why is he not the head coach anymore? Is it because of the two 7-8 and eight and 8-8 eight and eight seasons, 7-8-1 and eight and 8-8 eight Yeah, and, eight and keep in mind, everybody brings baggage. Everybody that you're going to uh, have in conversation, people are mentioning John Harbaugh. Well, they've not won... He retired after five seasons. Yeah, yeah they've okay. not won in Baltimore. Um, they're, they're getting hot right now at the right time, but that would likely potentially take him off the list. Can I say something else before we get? Well, maybe mm. you know, maybe it'll be. You know, I I want to put it in at number four. Mm. Oh, yeah, in our big four. Okay. Four. Well, we that? welcome you into the four o'clock hour. Jeff Patrikas of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel JS Online will join us in about twenty minutes on the program, and uh, we'll get to your phone calls later. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy is our phone number. As I mentioned earlier, my name is Mike. 
that's John over there. He's on your right-hand side. And I'll tell you, the 4 and 4 is brought to you by Mayfield Sports Marketing, your source for athlete appearances, motivational speakers, and more. You can learn more at MayfieldSportsMarketing.com. This is the Big Four at four. The top four trending sports stories this hour. Number four. Uh, Thoughts on how we should say goodbye to Mike McCarthy? Because there's been something that's kind of bothered me. It's not that big of an issue, but I remember uh, I read on Twitter. I'm I'm sorry. I don't give credit where credit is due. But basically, at some point on Sunday, might have been at a bar or something. They stopped what they were doing to announce that Mike McCarthy has been fired as head coach, and everybody rejoiced and everybody cheered. I That's see sad. another thing here. Mike McCarthy, this is from a bar in Eau Claire or a burger company. It says, now that the Packers season is over, so is Mike McCarthy's coaching career. Come celebrate his 13 years with a bang. Take a whack at a Mike McCarthy pinata filled with booze, candy, and gift cards. I'm just thinking, is this how all Packers fans, like I get it that Maybe things had run its course, but do do you guys do you not have any respect for what he did as Packers head coach for more than a flipping decade? I feel like a lot of people, maybe because it's just on social media and social media is the worst. Um, everybody's like, "Yeah, screw McCarthy!" Woo! Like, wait, he did a lot of great things. It just didn't work out at the end. Am I wrong on this? Uh, I, uh, no, no, you're not wrong. But I mean, social media is a terrible place for it. And if a bar can uh, can get more traffic in uh, with their uh, you know booze filled pinata, um, you know they're just trying to. I mean, they're doing it tongue in cheek, right? You would think, uh, <laughs> right? I don't know. People thought I was overly defensive of Mike McCarthy. I just wanted people to recognize when all this stuff was going south. When everything was going wrong this year, that it wasn't a one-person scenario. Mike McCarthy is not the reason Green Bay is four seven and one. Part of the reason, and again, I don't have an issue that they're doing what they're doing. I would have preferred that they did it when the season was done, but I get it. It's not me pounding the table on this. I just, you know, do recognize the great things that Mike McCarthy has done in his twelve plus years in Green Bay. And I will pose a question later this week on the Twitter about what happens first. Mike McCarthy is back in a Super Bowl or the Packers are back in a Super Bowl because I might not have a steadfast, absolute answer on that. Wouldn't that be interesting if it was the coach in a different city back to the Super Bowl before the Packers got back? I think he's a good football coach. I think he's a good football coach. And I think some people lost sight of that because of frustration. Uh, so uh, we'll continue with that as well. Jeff Patrikas, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, will join us at about 20 minutes past the hour. John, let's roll Here, ahead. Well, hold on. I, one last thing. Yeah, Sorry. There I was, was talking to people. Uh, will Blackman on Twitter. This is where I kind of got the feeling of it. He put this out a couple of days ago. Packers fans are way out of character right now. Y'all out here disrespecting McCarthy as if he yeah, never I delivered. It. I agree. Maybe it's time for change, and that's all it is. But easy on the harsh criticism. Yeah, I, I thought he probably it, said it. What I was trying to say, there. right? But if you're gonna if you're gonna dive in and have social media be your barometer, uh, you need to find a different barometer. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, even the reporting of what like a bar atmosphere. Well, I guess it's a bar, but still, what where Packers fans gather and that overall cheer and reaction. You know, yeah. What would the crowd at Lambeau had done if they had announced that on the scoreboard? My guess is there would have been a lot of cheering. I think it's an awkward reaction. What are you supposed to do? 
I think people are ready for a change, and when you find out, hey, change is going to happen, you probably cheer. You lose sight. You lose for a moment your humanity, that there's a person at the other end of the spectrum. Which, by the way, was there for more than a decade and did some really great oh, things. Yeah. Like, that's the other part of it. It's not like McCarthy, this is his fourth year, and now they're four, six, and one, and just, ah, get this guy out of here. No, he won a Super Bowl, man. Number three. College football question. You okay with Jonathan Taylor not being a Heisman finalist? Well, I have a Heisman boat, so um, I'm I'm okay with the process, and I get it. And, I, and anybody that has a vote, anybody that pays attention to the Heisman Trophy understands how the voting goes. Specifically, we get to cast a first place, a second place, and a third place vote. And it's a fill-in-the-blank deal. It's not a, from a drop-down list or anything else. Uh, we cast those votes. Uh, they have equal representation in all regions of the country. Uh, to cast those votes. I think we all understand that Tua Tagovailoa and Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins, three quarterbacks on three of the top five teams in uh, in the polls, are going to be the three finalists. And, I mean, that's based on the voting. Those are the three finalists. Uh, I would I would prefer that they would expand the trip to New York to bring five or six people out there. Um, but They could probably afford it. Yeah, I college just, football. The yeah. entities, the NCAA. Yeah, yeah, as it as it works. Well, it's the it's unaffiliated with the NCAA, but I get your point. Okay, I mean, yeah. they certainly could afford it. That's true. Um, but it, it's the best quarterback, with rare exceptions. Some another position is included, but it's the best quarterback on the best team. And Tugavailoa and Murray and Haskins uh, fit the bill. So I understand it. Let's not lose sight of how incredible Jonathan Taylor has been this year and last in a, a system. That everybody that plays him knows that they haven't been able to throw the ball very well this year, and they still couldn't stop Jonathan Taylor and the running attack. So I do believe he'll win the Doak Walker handily uh, and wish that he was um, recognized with a trip to New York for the Heisman. Hey, just uh, not trying, I just got distracted by something I thought was interesting that I just want to share. Markel Fultz, diagnosed with some, uh, some sort of syndrome, TOS, a physical injury. TOS affects nerves between the neck and shoulders, resulting in abnormal functional movement and range of motion, thus severely um, limiting Markel's ability to shoot a basketball. And there you go. So now we understand why he's kind of messed up in that department. He's hmm. going to have to have physical therapy for that. I thought that was kind of interesting. Number two. It could be a PR job to try to explain something to, but I don't know. Uh, number two in our big four at four, Mike. Uh, what do you think of uh, what da- uh, Dan Patrick had to say? I- I'll play you a-, a portion of what DP had to say about Aaron Rodgers and how much he should be involved in finding or helping out with uh, the hiring of the Packers' next coach. Here's a portion of what DP had to say today on the Dan Patrick Show with the Danettes. You can't walk in being like, uh, hold on, I just are you okay with this? Is, Priv- that, is that good? Privately, no you, you, you have to. Absolutely. There's only one Aaron Rodgers. Like, how many other quarterbacks are you going to have to acquiesce to? Yeah, but like, just so you're just going to walk in and be like, okay, it's your team, and I'll just call the plays that you want. Like, that's no, no it's way. Not, it's not your team, but you have to be comfortable with that coach because you weren't comfortable with your last coach. And I, I do have to, you know, have a conference with him. I have to defer to Aaron Rodgers to a, at least to a certain degree. I'm not going to say you got you know final say so as much as I'm going to say, look, your opinion really matters here. Um, says he should be part of the process involved. It's a, it's a, it's a semantics. Uh, if Dan were on the show with us, he, uh, he, it would be a semantical argument. 
What does involved mean? Does that mean he's involved in the interview process? Does he give a list of names? Hey, I'd really like you guys to interview these guys, and I'd like to be in on the interview. What, is it, what does that mean? Or do the Packers, uh, Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst, go through the process, and then they have decided this is the guy they want? Or when they bring it back to three candidates, Aaron, if you'd like to sit in or at least have a chance to visit with these final three candidates when they come in, not in the interview process, but a chance to sit down with them in, in, you know, separately, um, we'd give you that opportunity. You have to be prepared for what he says and to go with or against what he says. You know, if Aaron got to meet with the three finalists and his feedback to Murphy and Gutekunst was in favor of one over the other two and they hired one of the other ones, now you got an issue there. Yeah. So I, it just, I don't understand how necessarily that works. So I'd like for him to know before the others and to make sure that we trust that they're going to have a good working relationship but if you bring him and involve him, he's got to be involved. It's, there's it's, some risk at some level, though, right? Because just the the point, one of the points Dan makes is what you were kind of saying too. Is well, the coach needs to know too that the quarterback is all in because because he's going to have him for five years, most likely, and he's a very dynamic and elite quarterback. So, like. He's got to be involved right. at, so, at some level. Yep. So in that, if you go ahead and decide on your coach and then you bring that coach in and say, we want you to sit down with Aaron and we want Aaron to be able to sit down with you, why don't you guys spend uh, the morning together and uh, and we'll visit with you when, when you're done. You're our guy and Aaron's our quarterback. Um, let's have you guys spend some time together. Then they hate each other. Well, that would be – I don't think that could <laughs> – no, I don't. I don't see happen. that hypothetical playing out, but no. I do see that that's how you'd roll through that process, like the Milwaukee Bucks did with Coach Budenholzer having breakfast with Chris Middleton and Giannis Adetokounmpo. Number one poll question today: Who should the Packers' next coach be? Mike, you put up two Twitter poll questions at Heller Sports. I did. I, I uh, the second one was from the college ranks, and I only listed college level coaches: Jim Harbaugh, Urban Meyer. Lincoln Riley and Nick Saban, seven six hundred and fifty of you have voted, and Lincoln Riley fifty eight percent to Harbaugh and Nick Saban um, eighteen and a half nineteen percent each, and Urban Meyer getting the least of those. I did it from the pro level, including Josh McDaniels, John D. Filippo, Bruce Arians, and John Harbaugh, and McDaniels gets fifty one percent of the vote. Arians next, then John Harbaugh at Baltimore third. Filippo at Minnesota, the last of those vote-getters. Um, all right, that's interesting. By the way, the latest Bovada odds have has Josh McDaniels as the leader as far as who would take over for the Green Bay Packers. Do you want to take a quick phone call before yep, we get to Jay Paul? Yeah. Conrad and Madison's been waiting well, for a that's, while. Uh, it's not quick. Shot clock, Shot Conrad. clock is on. All right, here's the deal. So I guess I just want to get to the bottom of something really quick. I'm um, hearing a lot of... I listened to that press conference yesterday, and what I'm hearing being reported doesn't really seem to line up. I heard a a president and a general manager basically say they were going to work together and find the right guy. And then I heard a whole bunch of journalists want to jump on him and point at the process, the process, the process. And then I hear later on, out of Ron Wolf's mouth himself, basically say, Hey, they probably got something. This is right. You know, this this is the deal. I also hear uh, Mr. Banks out of Boston say basically, yeah, they, they probably got it right here. They're probably doing the right thing. So I just want to like put that out there. Like, it just seems like there's like a lot of journalists wanting to stir stuff up while there's a lot of stuff to stir up. And I just want to put that out there. 
Another thing is this. If I'm a coach and I'm interviewing for, like, a very sought-after job and I'm one of these guys on the college rank, I'm going to interview Gutekunst and Murphy just as much as they're going to interview me. And I'm going to say, what's the deal here? How's the structure going to be? And what kind of players are you going to get me? My vote's going in for Saban. If Saban would have got the quarterback that he wanted in Miami, he's probably might have been a successful guy in Miami, but he didn't get the quarterback he wanted, and so he ended up going back to college and doing real well. What happened so my- to the shot clock? I was waiting for you to make a signal, like a violation. You're the official. Well, that was like I'm two not, shot clocks. I'm on the scorer's table. Uh, the, the question, you know, to, to respond to Conrad, the question that was asked was simple, and that is that in almost all scenarios, the GM is the hiring entity for a head coach. General manager gets football authority. In Green Bay's history, when they've had success, the GM has had coaching authority. Can't take it back to Vince because he was the GM and the head coach. But if you take it back to when Ron Wolf came in and Ted Thompson, two Super Bowl winning GMs, they had authority and autonomy to hire and fire the head coach. It's a different structure now. So the question is being asked, and I think appropriately so, why? Why change what has worked, and why not trust that your GM is in charge of football operations? So I don't, I don't believe the question. I don't think, believe it's media trying to stir things up, Conrad. I think it's the media saying, hey, this is the reason why we're asking the question. And I thought our, you know, like, colleague in that room yesterday, Jason Wilde, explained it, said to Mark Murphy, you understand why we're asking the question this way, right? Repeatedly. I don't know that Murphy gets it. And it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means that there's asking for a clarification. Why are you doing it this way now when there's been this track record of success doing it the other way? That's the question. And the rest of it, I, I, I checked out. Sorry, Conrad. Uh, we're going to visit with Jeff Patrick. It's the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online. He's our Badgers insider. The pinstripe bowl is calling. Jeff Patrick is next on the Mike Heller Show. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, this music always brings on Jeff Patrikas of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online, our Badgers insider and baseball correspondent. Hello, Jeff. Less than a month and we get the whole hands in Yankee Stadium. Are you excited? Open air press box. How do you like that? Oh, can't wait. I mean, it's, you guys are in an open air press box, right? I'll be covering it from the media room. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good That's what I would do, honestly. Well, what do you think is behind the concept that uh, I, I don't know how often it's happened. My, my guess is it's exceedingly rare to have a bowl game rematch from the previous year. Is there? Uh, is it the uh, Wisconsin week in New York City with the Packers and the Bucks and the Badgers that was 
enticing? How did this happen? Uh, well, Wisconsin probably would have wound up in Tampa had they beat Minnesota. Um, and but I heard you know talking to people as the season wound down, you heard what bowl reps really wanted certain teams to come because eventually Wisconsin was going to go to the Pinstripe Bowl. Okay, at some point with these with these new agreements, it was just a matter of when. And this I this is an ideal year for them based on their schedule. Um, you know, the bowl reps they know they're not going to fill that stadium. Okay. But Wisconsin's got a good alumni base there. Miami's got a good alumni base there. So they're just trying to get the most attractive matchup they can. Now, the ACC on that day when the bowl um, bids were coming out was really dragging its feet. I was following Twitter, and there were, they, there were people reporting that they weren't sure why it was taking so long for ACC teams to be announced. And I thought for a, a moment that Wisconsin was going to end up in Detroit, to be honest with you, because I didn't think – they'd want to match up Wisconsin to Miami again. Yeah, and I, I thought, um, I just, when I heard and saw that Miami was going to the pinstripe ball, I said, well, that, that takes Wisconsin out of the mix. Um, and yeah, and at that point, all that was left was Detroit. Yeah. The quick lane bowl. Um, well, how, how different is the matchup? I, I get it that the teams, uh, I mean, the teams when the season began were fourth and eighth ranked in the country. That's not where they are now, obviously. Uh, but how different is the on-field matchup compared to a year ago? Well, Miami is is a defensive team. They're I want to say number one total, number two against the pass. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether Wisconsin's offense can do anything against that defense. Now, the, the interesting thing about this matchup is you never know with so much time off how teams are going to react. Uh, you might have Wisconsin be reinvigorated by the way that season ended, um, or the regular season ended against Minnesota, where they can get away, they can clear their minds. Probably more, it'll help them more mentally than physically. Although, you know, you might get, I haven't, you know, we haven't talked to anybody, but say you get David Edwards back, a right tackle certainly isn't going to hurt. Who um, started in the bowl game last year against Miami. But, and you don't know how Miami's going to react. Uh, Mark Rick said today that, you know, just a couple weeks ago, they were 5-5 five and five and didn't know if they'd even get to a bowl game. And then they got a victory uh, against Virginia Tech, and that made them bowl eligible, and they closed against Pitt. So they, they felt a lot better at the end of the season than they did a, a few weeks ago. So it'll be interesting to see which team is more motivated and which team really wants to win the game. In, in the conference, two developments have, uh, have happened since uh, I think we last visited uh, with Brom staying at Purdue, but then today Urban Meyer uh, announcing his retirement after the Rose Bowl. What's your reaction to that move from Ohio State? Oh, not at all surprised. I mean, I think most people saw some sort of movement coming with Urban once he had the whole report released, uh, the suspension, the way he looked, the, the 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 lack of cohesiveness between administrators and athletic department officials at Ohio State because there was some real disagreement there as to whether he should be suspended at all. So not at all, not at all surprised. And not at all surprised we're seeing this, you know, talk of a medical issue because that's the same situation that arose when he was down in Florida. And he took a little time off and came back. And, I mean, they're already posting odds in Vegas as to when he's going to come back and where he's going to land. And it's 2020 at USC is apparently the popular destination already. 
Jeff, when you hear, uh, I know you don't cover the NFL on a regular basis, but when you hear names like Jim Harbaugh or Lincoln Riley or Nick Saban or even Urban Myers, name mentioning in conjunction with the Packers job or Brian Kelly from Notre Dame or Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern, do those names, any of them make some sense to you to make the jump to the NFL level? Uh, Fitzgerald obviously has links to people in Green Bay. Okay, so that's, that's one that, you know, I can understand why his name would be Link, because people who are in power uh, at Green Bay know Pat, and Pat knows those people. Uh, Lincoln Riley, I can stand why you throw that name out there, because offensive gurus are the rage in the NFL right now. Uh, if you look at the Rams, would probably be the latest example. Um, the Chiefs with Mahomes, things like that. So I can see why Riley's name would be thrown out. I mean, again, I have no idea if Lincoln Riley wants to, to right. go, and I don't know if Pat Fitzgerald ever wants to leave Northwestern. I mean, I can see a part of him that says, why would I go anywhere, whether it's college or the pros? He seems like a perfect college coach at his dream job. So I don't know about that one. Um, Urban Meyer, I haven't seen his name linked to it, but I would hope not. I mean, the, uh, I don't think that the guy has – he doesn't have a track record of being able to stay at a place without burning out and without the program getting a little bit of, in a little bit of trouble. What about Jim Harbaugh? Oh, I think Harbaugh might actually look around the East now and go, geez, maybe I can win the division. <laughs> you wouldn't have to play Ohio State uh, is one of the things I understand if he was in Green Bay. Um, all right, so let's jump into a little Badger basketball conversation. Listen, this is it's not best-case scenario because best-case would be 9-0, and but it's, the, it's awfully close. This team is has kind of tackled this gauntlet with Marquette waiting on Saturday uh, probably better than anybody could have envisioned. Well, I think most people who followed the team last year um, knew the reasons behind the fall last year and looked at what they had coming back. I think most people expected them to be a better team. And what that would translate to in record at this point in the season was an unknown. I think the the positives have been more scoring options, sharing the basketball, taking better care of the basketball, uh, further ahead defensively than a year ago, um, the ability to make plays down the stretch in close games, to come back, whether it's you know down eight in the second half at Iowa, down 12 early second half against North Carolina State at all, down 10 in the first half yesterday against Rutgers when their defense failed them in the first half. I mean, that was, that was just a bad defensive effort in the first half, and they turned around in the second half. Um, so it's got a lot of grit. It's got good chemistry. Uh, I talked to Barry Alvarez about that after the Iowa game. He said, I see a team with tremendous chemistry. And he said, not to, to diminish any of the chemistry that was you know, in previous teams. He goes, but I just like the look and feel of that team. And I think he's right. You can see it on the court, the way they work together. And, and it appears to be that it, there's a return of finishing toughness, uh, which is, I, I don't know if that's innate or if it's learned but this team is uh, other than the Virginia game. In, in the Virginia game, I thought they kind of finished. They closed the gap and had a chance. But in the other ones that have been tight, it's been a team that's found a way to finish. I think it's a little bit of both because there are certain players, you've seen it in different sports, who in, t- in tight games, pressure's on, down the stretch, just find a way to make plays. They, whether it's hit a shot, grab a rebound, get a defensive stop, they do it consistently. But I also think it's learned from a team perspective because when you had a young team last year that lost a lot of close games, 
it takes a toll on you mentally, and you, you have to be able to punch through that, that barrier to, to win that first close game. And then another one to, to establish your confidence and say, hey, when it's tight with two minutes to go, we know we're going to win. And I think this team has that mentality. Now, that's not going to guarantee anything in the future, especially once they resume Big Ten play, because the league's just going to be a bear this year. I'm looking forward to watching a couple games tonight just to see how teams react on the road. Uh, Michigan and Indiana both have road games because it, it is going to be difficult to steal road games uh, this year. All right, uh, Jeff, anything else uh, you'd like to add in here before we let you go off to do your work? Well, I just think it's a little bit, don't you think that's a little fitting, maybe ironic, whatever, that you and I are going to be together in a baseball stadium? I think, it, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I think I'm looking forward to that. And And are you going to be there for Christmas Day? I'm going to be there whenever the team goes. So, yes, I'll be before there before Christmas Day. Wow, sure. he, I mean, I don't know if I'll be there on Christmas Day yet, but if I do, we can I'll hang out. I'll live without you. We can hang out in New York City on Christmas Day. Just, you know. Uh, no, I'm not going to be anywhere near you on Christmas Day. You'll walk through Central Park and see the lights at Macy's. And What do you think? I think I should pull a plug on you right now. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. See you, boys. Jeff Patrikas of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online. And, yeah, this is one of those um, – listen, the, the Badger football team at the Pinstripe Bowl, because the game is on the 27th, uh, almost certain that they'll be out there by the 21st or so or the 20th even. Um, so that means that those who cover the beat, guys like Jeff, that's part of the the territory that goes with the job. They'll be out there for that period of time. So um, – it's a it's an interesting scenario to to work their way through. Uh, we're going to visit more on the Badgers uh, conversation a little bit later on. We'll jump back into the Packers uh, talk when we come back. Next coach should that coach from the college come from the college level? Should it come from the pro level? And maybe also what what do you envision? And does it matter what happens next? I know some people would like to see them lose. Uh, there's somebody in studio that works with a guy in the morning, that all he wants to see is for the Packers now to lose. Is that really what they should be doing? We'll talk about that next as we continue on 97.3, the game in Milwaukee and statewide. You're listening to The Mike Heller Show. Back in and with you. Back in. Back in and with you on the Mike Keller Show. Continue Mike Keller Show as we roll through a Tuesday afternoon on the program nearing into the 5 o'clock hour had a lot of good conversations on the show today. I want to open it back up to you in this moment on uh, on the phone lines at 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070 as we uh, dig deeper into the Green Bay Packers situation. Let me lay this out for you as well, in case you've just joined us. Uh, for those who don't follow it closely, the Packers haven't been in this situation 
for 13 years, right? So understand this. Since Green Bay has never made this move during the season before, understand that this is going to be a process. Nothing gets decided on this at any point anytime soon for the Green Bay Packers uh, as they sit in the moment right now. Uh, you're talking about five or six. Well, there, there are five weeks before the season comes to a close. The Packers' final game, uh, four and a half, four weeks. Uh, Packers' final game is on December the 30th. All right, so the earliest you're going to make a move is at some point after that. If you're considering and strongly considering NFL coaching candidates, so if you're looking at the likes um, from the NFL ranks of Josh McDaniels or John DiFilippo or John Harbaugh or another NFL assistant coach, you talk about um, Eric Bieniemy, or if you were talking about uh, the possibility of Matt LaFleur, two offensive coordinators, you can't officially visit with them until they're out of the playoffs. So Kansas City Chiefs are almost certain to have a bye, um, and you're, you're not going to get visits with these guys until well into the month of January. So how willing are the Packers? I would think they would be willing to be patient. I think it's just as important for the fan base to understand that there's a patience involved with what the Packers have going on from this standpoint too. From a college method, uh, looking to the college ranks, you don't have to wait. You, you can go that route. I'm on the mindset that this should be a pro uh, assistant coach or former head coach that should be in Green Bay. I'm just wondering how much you're willing to roll the dice on a college coach. And and I'll just simply run down those candidates that are at the top of that heap from an odd standpoint from the college game. Lincoln Riley seems to be everybody's favorite. A lot of fans' favorite. Lincoln Riley has been the head coach at Oklahoma for two years. And in the two years, he is 24-3. and three. They have had a ridiculous offensive success. They've had ridiculous offensive success at Oklahoma. They play in the Big 12. In their bylaws, in the conference bylaws, they do not allow you to play defense. It's like playing against the shell. Uh, so I, I'm not saying that it can't work. Somebody just mentioned Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not saying that it can't work. I'm just wondering if you sit with a four- to five-year window on Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, is that the pathway you want to take? Lincoln Riley's not been in the National Football League. There is a learning curve. I, I don't know that it's an absolute. I think Chip Kelly is one of those examples that would say, hey, it doesn't always transfer from being elite at the college level to being good at the NFL level and, and elite. Jimmy Johnson was the other way. Had great success at Miami, went to the Dallas Cowboys, and it continued. He was a, a dynamic heck of a head coach. Nick Saban went to Miami, and it didn't work. Uh, you know, there are examples on either side. So I'm not certain about the college view. And I also think this, that, and I've said this a few times, but when the Packers hired Mike Holmgren, most of you didn't know him. When they hired Mike Sherman, most of you didn't know him. That didn't work out as well as Holmgren. When they hired Mike McCarthy, few, if any, of you knew him. It worked out pretty darn good. I mean, his ending record in Green Bay is 48 games above 500 and a Super Bowl win. So maybe the name isn't on any of our lists. You know, maybe it's not 
John Harbaugh or Bruce Arians or DiFilippo. Maybe it's not Josh McDaniels. Maybe it's not from the college ranks, Jim Harbaugh or Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley or Nick Saban or Pat Fitzgerald or Brian Kelly. Maybe it's somebody we're not talking about yet. Because here's the thing. In Green Bay, they're going to have plenty of time to go through the process. They've got a long window to get from here to there. Meanwhile, on the field, I know that Mike Pilts has jumped in studio, but he's John Audius. I kicked him out. Uh, he may be back tomorrow. Um, and I know that Mike worked the rundown today with uh, with Joel. Is it Joel? Is that his name? Joel or Dr. J, Dr. however J. you want to go. Yeah. And uh, he wants the Packers to lose everything. Yes, of course he does. He's because a, he wants a better draft choice. Yes. And that was kind of my reaction too. <laughs> yeah, I think we're always competitive in a moment. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that and get to your phone calls. Uh, phone lines are open for you in the five o'clock hour. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. Back in a few minutes. Stick around statewide. This is the Mike Heller Show. This is the Mike Heller Show. Call the show at eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, here's Mike Heller. Back with you on the Mike Heller Show. Kind of one of those off nights where Wisconsin sports is concerned. We have had a, you know... 36-hour window, um, now approaching 48-hour window on the Green Bay Packers that was significant, Uh, one of the most significant windows uh, for the Packers in the better part of a decade and a half uh, to to see what their future is going to be. We're going to have to wait a while, but we know what their future is not going to be on the decision made to fire Mike McCarthy on Sunday night. Uh, There's still a debate, and it's a fair debate to some level about the timing. Uh, I was visiting with uh, two former players, Amon Green and Bill Schrader, last night uh, on my uh, on our statewide in the huddle show, and uh, Amon Green was on record saying he just didn't like the timing of it. It's uh, there's no advantage gained, and uh, there are many uh, in that camp. Many uh, meaning not a great percentage necessarily, but there are many in the camp that said with a Super Bowl winning coach to do this now didn't make a whole lot of sense. And what advantage is gained? And I think that it was uh, simply the reaction to the performance on Sunday, which was not good. Um, and in, in that stead, they decided to make the decision. I think the decision was obvious. I just think the timing of it is still uh, open for debate. That being said, I, I know that um, Mike Pilch is in the studio in the 5 o'clock hour today, and you do a show in uh, Madison with uh, Joel Finkelman, Dr. J. And right now the Packers are sitting on the 10 line from the uh, next spring's NFL draft. If it ended today, the Packers would have the 10th overall selection. Um, Dr. J's of the mindset that that number needs to be single digits and move up in the pecking order. And the way it moves up is by losing. I always, This is always, always a dilemma. Because there are ticket buyers, there are businesses that rely upon number of people in the seats. There, I mean, there's a contract paid to Aaron Rodgers. There, there's a lot of elements that are at play. The Packers are home for two of the four remaining games, this Sunday against Atlanta, and then the, the final game of the regular season against the 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Detroit Lions. Two games at Lambeau. One at Chicago against the Bears uh, in 10 days, 12 days. And then one in New York City on December the 23rd against the Jets. And competitive nature always says go out and win the dang game. Go put everything out there and invest in it to win. And then when we start talking in March and April about the combine and the draft, I wish you had the number four overall pick, which you had the number seven overall pick rather than 12th or 13th or 14th. Um, Because Green Bay's finish here will determine, right? So they're four, seven, and one. If they win three of the games, they're likely going to drop from 10 on the draft order line to 15 or 16. If they lose all four, they're going to move up in the draft from 10 to 4th or 5th or 6th. So what do you want? Some people see the future and say, just lose. How do you lose? (laughs) I mean, they've been trying to win and lose. So, I mean, I get it. Um, tanking happens. It happens more in the NBA than I think it happens in the NFL. Organizations tank. They sell off talented pieces. The Miami Marlins did it last year in Major League Baseball. They sold, I mean, they traded away their outfield. That was a talented, high-priced outfield. Why did they do it? Because the model says build your farm system. Build with a lot of high-level prospects in your funnel, and you will win down the road. That's what Miami did. They don't love it in Miami. It doesn't happen so often in the NFL. Certainly doesn't happen with a future Hall of Fame quarterback. In this case, you're doing it with four games left in the season. If you were truly going to follow that direction, you'd sit the quarterback. They're not going to sit the quarterback. So, how do you how do you tug that rope? You know, which side are you on in that tug of war? Go ahead and lose. Or are you on the side of the tug of war that says, listen, I'm entertained by the NFL. I'm entertained by watching my team. I'm invested in my team. I've been a lifelong Packer fan. And when I watch them on Sundays, I want to watch them try to win. I want to watch them win. It makes my day better. I don't know what side. I mean, everybody's, this is a you question. This is not me telling you how you should feel. This is a you question. So, Dr. J, who is pessimistic by nature, is that fair to say, Mike? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No exaggeration either. He is, he is of the mindset that the best-case scenario for the Green Bay Packers to roll forward, because this season is done, the best-case scenario to roll forward is to lose the four remaining games, finish the season at, at uh, whatever that is, 4-12-1, 4 one <laughs> Had to do math. Four eleven and one. Go ahead and finish at four eleven and one. Four eleven and one gets you what sixth in the draft pecking order, fifth in the pack uh, draft pecking order. That's that's his mindset. I'm not going to say look at Joel and say you're an idiot. I mean, I do that about some things, but not about. I mean, I get it. I understand that there's that mindset exists because this what the Packers just did 
in making the decision Sunday night on Mike McCarthy was all about the future. It's not about the now. Because the now sailed on that. When they lost the game, the now sailed. Because winning is always what you're trying to do in in the grand scheme of things, but winning costs you draft positions. So I get both sides of the argument. I was going to say, I didn't have an argument to take on him because I can't sit here and say you lose your last four games because it's just like, who does that? But then I thought to myself, well, the season's over. You have nothing else to play for, so why not get a better draft pick? Now, is there a big difference in the draft between 10 and 12, 10 and 13? Well, there could be if the guy you want goes before that. So I said to myself, I want to call him nuts, and I want to say you don't just lose. But then part of me said, I'm not going to diss him on it because what else are you playing for right now? So I, I couldn't get on him. So it's like, I don't know what side to take on that. I guess if there's nothing else to play for on the field, don't you kind of want that draft pick? Isn't that really the way to go? Because once these four Sundays go by and you're idly watching the National Football League playoffs, of which you're not in, you're looking at that and going, oh, man, what are we? who are they going to draft? And in the draft conversation, what you're thinking of is, all right, so where are they in the draft order? Can you move ahead of the Cleveland Browns, who are also at 4-7-1? Can you get ahead? Guess what? The Atlanta Falcons are 4-8. and eight. Lose to the Falcons. You move up a couple of spots in the draft. Um, you, you, you know, below you, uh, on the 4-8 and eight line, Atlanta, Buffalo, the New York Giants, the Detroit Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars. If any of those and all of those teams win another game and the Packers were to lose out, they would move up as high as number five in the draft, potentially. And yeah, I once, don't think... once they finish four weeks from now on a Sunday, all we're going to be talking about is who are they going to get in the draft? That'll be the next three and a half months. Yeah, well, do you coach, take a quarterback and... high? Do you do this, that, or the other? What do you do? Yeah. That's going to be the discussion. And I'm not trying to make a case. Um, I'm like you in this. I don't I, know. I couldn't no, answer not... him because he said that, and I wanted to say you're nuts, and then I thought about it. I'm like, well, what the heck else are you doing? So I, that's why I really didn't say anything. I was just kind of like, eh, eh, okay, okay. Because what do you do? What are you playing for at this point? So I get it. It's just that with him and his fatalistic view of the world, every time he talks like that, you just want to be, you want to get on him. But I'm like, yeah, I get it. I'm not going to argue that point. Yeah, and and can you give up the three hours of entertainment and feeling, you know, hey, I'm glad they won. Uh, concept that is short term for the bigger term longer view uh, of the situation I, i'd love to hear your thoughts on it i don't i'm i'm almost always on a side of the argument and i don't specifically have one competitors will tell you you are always playing to win always playing to win and once you take the field you have to play to win but there are decisions that are made before you take the field and if that, that were the case, your ability to win, like David Bakhtiari's got two bad knees. Right, exactly. Yeah. When you sit David Bakhtiari because you want to protect his health, you also sit Aaron Rodgers. You don't just run him out that, there yeah. without your left tackle. So do you make the business decision a week from now, two weeks from now, three weeks from now, or not at all where Aaron Rodgers and David Bakhtiari are concerned because they're a package deal? When Bakhtiari has to sit, uh, how much more do you want to run Aaron out there? Are you really giving Philbin a shot at being the potential head coach and trying to see how he performs with his roster if you're going to compromise the roster? 
what do you owe the league as far as trying to be competitive when you play the Bears? When you play, uh, I think that's the only potential playoff team that remains because the Jets aren't, Detroit isn't, and Atlanta isn't. So, yeah, I mean, there's one more game that has some playoff implications, and that's the game in Chicago uh, one week from Sunday. I, I think it's all interesting. I don't think there's a right and wrong answer on this part of it. 877-729-1070 is our phone number. All right, we've got a couple lined up right now. On this topic is Ron in Middleton. Hi, Ron. How are you? Hi. Uh, how you doing, Mike? Thanks for taking my call. Um, as a lifelong uh, Packer fan, you know, you're listening to say, what you know, what are they playing for? First of all, they're playing for those 80,000 people sitting in the stands that come every week. And for all your the true Packer fan, um, I understand, but I, I think, I mean, I'll, I would write a letter for uh, the president's head if, if they tried to tank on that. I think it's I think it's ridiculous to even kind of talk about it, but I do understand. But as a lifelong Packer fan, uh, there's, I watch that every Sunday to see them win. Whether they're going to be in the playoffs or not, I watch them to win. I, I was through there in the 80s uh, when they didn't win hardly anything. But And, you know, you get that six, number six draft choice, but that doesn't mean that's going to pan out to anything. So I think it's uh, – you, you go to win. You play to win every Sunday. I totally get it, Ron. I appreciate your phone call and your thoughts on this. Uh, I, you know, the competitive side says that there's that's the only answer. That's the only answer. The business side does bring in the other conversation. And to Ron's point, is how much different is six than ten? I don't know. We don't find out until afterwards. If you had the choice of picking sixth or tenth. Which one would you want? You'd want six. You'd want six because that guy you want might not be there at ten. That's so the difference. So it, it is. It is the tug, and internally, there, there. I don't know if there's a conversation about it or not. Um, but could be, may yeah, not be. We have no yeah. idea. If there were, I think you'd be right. You'd see some guys sitting. I up. Certainly wouldn't share it, but uh, I think you can couch it into, "Hey, Bakhtiari is hobbling on two bad knees. We're making a business decision on Bakhtiari, and when we make that business decision on David Bakhtiari, uh, it's a package deal with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think that's fair. Especially if the offensive line is otherwise banged up, as it was last Sunday, in which your right side of the offensive line was out. Uh, You're a backup at both right uh, guard and tackle position. If you were in that scenario and your left tackle was sitting down, then Rodgers is a sitting duck. What are you doing with duck. Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> exactly. How, how do you do that? I, I think there are there are elements at play here that are worth discussion. Certainly, they'll have it. I think another angle is one you've kind of touched on, Donnie and Madison with it. Hi, Donnie. Hey, Mike. Look, you drive me crazy sometimes, but never more than right now. Excellent. The only people, the only people that the Green Bay Packers owe anything to are the ticket-paying fans. And frankly, that's enough for you to keep rolling out your best product and not be thinking about tanking and losing games. Is is it is it that cut and dry? Is it the black? Is it that black and white? Absolutely, because frankly, listen, you know we don't know where the economy is going to be. You don't know what what people have to do in order to be ticket season holders. There's a lot of loyalty, and it goes back decades. The fan base of the Green Bay Packers. And you do owe it to them to put your best foot forward every Sunday. That's period, cut and dry. Well, Donnie, you make a compelling argument. I don't think it is simply that cut and dry. Um, I, I, listen, if I were in that position, 
The, the players will tell you, I mean, as soon as they walk across the lines and in their preparation, there's only one thing on their mind, the coaches and players, and that is to win. I mean, otherwise you're not in the league. You're not doing what you do. There is another uh, component at play. If you lost your last four games and it makes you better the next three years, would you then lose too? That makes the fan base happier too. Sometimes you lose battles and win wars. Yeah, that's how it works. And, uh, and those who those generals that um, threw their soldiers in as as sacrifices, right, to lose a battle in which allowed them to win a war. Um, yeah, it's a. And I mean, the, nice not, world this history is not analogy. Com- I get it though. Not comparable. I get it, but yeah. that's that's the concept. All right, Paul in DeForest. Hi, Paul. Hi there. A little bit of a topic, yeah, a little bit of a topic change, but on the subject of Bakhtiari and also the, you touched on on winning and the emphasis on winning. I got a, a candidate uh, for the head coaching job. Not been considered. It's, it's a bit of a long shot, out of the box, but you got to think out of the box. All the traditional candidates. How often are they hired and successful? All the retreads. Uh, here's one. He's got four Super Bowl rings. He's a Hall of Famer. He's an offensive lineman. He happened to play with Mark Murphy. There's your inside angle right there. He's got a connection to Green Bay, and Mark Murphy's the decision maker. He's a Ken Wise and Heist Hunt disciple. He was second in line to Mike Tomlin at Pittsburgh. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Mr. Russ Grimm. I'll hang up and listen. I have nothing to add, Paul, on Russ Grimm. Nothing. Nothing. I, I don't know. Uh, what would I add to that? I mean, I I don't know. Why is Russ Grimm qualified to be the next ho- head coach in Green Bay? I mean, you just read me his resume, but I don't know why that qualifies. I don't know the answer. Uh, you, you you hang up and listen, and I got nothing for you. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Don't mean to let you down. We're not doing it uh, on purpose. It's just how do you we, – we don't know him. We don't know his background. So what – well, what, I know coaching the, background, I, I mean. know the background, but I right. don't know how that qualifies him – As a coach. As a, yeah. as, as a coach. So that part I don't get. Russ Grimm is – yeah, okay. All right. All right. We'll move on. Yeah. Um, Logan in Kakana. Hello, Logan. Hi. How's it going, boys? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, okay, so I just kind of wanted to add a comment. I think his name is Donnie. Uh, so he's saying, you know, you owe the fans uh, the last four games or whatever. But, like, if you're thinking about it in the long term, the next however many years, you can get a you can get a guy at number five, like you were saying, or five through ten, who's a transcendent player in the franchise. Now, I'm not saying go out there and just kind of wet the bed, but you have to look at the long-term health. Okay, four games. You're going to put your best guys out there for 80,000 fans, or do you want those 80,000 to watch? Maybe a, this is a transcendent offseason for this franchise. I mean, you have a new head coach coming in. You can have another transcendent player, like I said. I don't see a whole lot of benefit in, for these last four games, but I, I don't know. It's kind of a, it's a rock and a hard place, I guess. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, Logan, I, I appreciate it. Again, the, the concept – says, I think this is more injury-driven and business-driven on this part of it. I don't think they're going to limit the players that are out there unless they feel like it is in our best interest. And I'm, the best example I have for you is David Bakhtiari. 
Now, if uh, if you're already down with Brian Bulaga, depending on his status rolling forward, and then Bakhtiari, the, the medical staff says, listen, we're really risking some things here on two bad knees. And if we can get him down now and, and get whether there's surgery involved or whatever. But when Bakhtiari goes and you're without your two starting tackles, I, I think you have to make that business decision on the highest paid player in the National Football League. If you make those two decisions, the likelihood of getting wins um, from the the backup offensive line and a backup quarterback is compromised. You still prepare to win. You coach to win. You you do everything you're supposed to do to try to win. That decision is not based on tanking or not taking. That decision is based on how we best move forward with two very significant members of our offense in David Bakhtiari, who's playing on two bad knees, and the quarterback, who's the highest-paid player in the NFL. By the way, on the Russ Grimm stuff, he is a what uh, what Paul wasn't sharing. Um, he uh, maybe he did, and I missed it. Uh, he's been the offensive line coach for the Tennessee Titans, uh, or was in sixteen and seventeen. I don't know where he's coaching now. Um, and prior to that, he was the offensive line coach with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I believe he's got to be not coaching right now, correct? Because uh, on his coaching tree, his last spot was the Tennessee Titans offensive line coach, 2016-17. He's also a 59-year-old guy. I don't think uh, the Packers are going in that direction. Sorry, Paul, didn't mean to shoot down um, your thunder because you did do a very good job of delivering it. I just don't see that there is any room there at the end. Fair enough. Uh, One or two, do you think, here? Yeah. Okay. We'll go with uh, Dave in Twin Lakes. Hello, Dave. Hi. Good afternoon. So I, I just don't know how anybody could uh, expect uh, a team, an organization, a franchise like this to to uh, purposely fold for the rest of the season. You've got players that are still playing for a job. You've got a coach that's theoretically coaching for a job. Um, and and there's not a lot of people on that roster that want to go out and just fold. What does that teach anyone? Dave, uh, Dave what do you? Uh, no, I certainly. I listen. I get it. I'm not on a side of this. I just thought I'd bring it up for discussion. But let me ask you on the David Bakhtiari, who is playing on two bad knees. If medically right. they had to make a decision on Bakhtiari, does Aaron Rodgers go with that decision? Oh sure. I I mean I agree with you there. But I, I I'm talking about the franchise purposely folding you know the last four games of this of the season um you're you're going to have to take out the people if even if we had mike mccarthy and even if we continued to have a shot at at the playoffs um and and bakhtiari uh ended up going down and aaron Rodgers is not 100 percent you'd pull him out anyway so uh it, and we'd still expect you know that that the team would would continue to fight to get to the highest place possible uh, to finish off the season. Yeah, and it, we we agree on that front. Um, we we agree on that side of it, and certainly I wasn't trying to play that argument that the franchise says, "Hey, we're we're going to do what we can to lose." Uh, for me, if you're going to, the only way to go that direction is health related, and I think the best example of that is Bakhtiari and Rogers as a, as a package deal. Uh, I know that more of you are lined up. There's some that are surprised that we're having this conversation. I'm not trying to lead this to a specific outcome. I just do think that once you get by the four weeks of three hours of entertainment on the team that you want to win, all of the discussion will shift to the draft. And there is a section of the sports 
um, following fandom, including a show host at our Madison station that would much prefer that they lose each of these four games. I'm not of that mindset in particular, but I do hear the argument. 877-729-1070. We continue in a couple of minutes on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee and statewide. You're listening to The Mike Heller Show. I think it's very interesting as we continue on the Mike Heller Show in this 5 o'clock hour statewide and on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee. I posted two Twitter poll questions today about the potential next head coach. This is way premature, but I'm interested to see the vote. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, and how it changes over time, because uh, coaches will be eliminated. They'll move to the front of the line. They'll move to the back of the line, or they'll take themselves out of line. None of these have because it's so early in the process none of these are front and center yet anyway but i asked this what if we made it a college question let's take an early look at the candidates for the next head coach of the packers and if you could pick from this list of college candidates who would you pick jim harbaugh urban meyer lincoln riley or nick saban uh right now it's it's a runaway to lincoln riley nick saban would be next jim harbaugh is right there too very few of you thought Urban Meyer. It could be for a myriad of reasons. One is his retirement related to health and whether you believe or not that he'll coach again. I did the same thing with NFL caliber coaches and listed Josh McDaniels, John Filippo, Bruce Arians, and John Harbaugh, who's at Baltimore and may still be at Baltimore uh, based on their recent play. And Josh McDaniels was the easy runaway leader at 51% of the vote. So as we have the conversation as to whether you would enjoy or rather see the Packers win or lose in the four remaining games, I think as Packers fans, every time you turn one of their games on, your goal is to watch them play a winning game. But there is also, you know, the school of thought that says, you know, you're 10th right now in the NFL draft. If you won three of the final four games, you likely end up picking 16th or so in the draft. If you lost three of the four, you may move up to be as high as sixth in the NFL draft. How big of a difference is the number six overall pick to 16? Uh, fairly significant. Not always does it work out that way, but if you ask any GM, and I'm not asking this question of a GM, but if you ask a GM after the fact or in the draft scenario, would you rather be picking sixth or 16th? I know you know the answer. So that's the reason I bring it up. And uh, there are fans who are torn. There are some, uh, like Donnie, who called earlier in Madison, who is absolute. It's black and white, and there's no discussion about it. You play to win the game. It's Herm Edwards' deal. And you owe it to the fans and the ticket-buying public and the fans who carve out their Sunday afternoons to spend time with family in front of a TV or alone in front of a TV or at a bar in front of a TV that you owe it to them to win. And... 
I get it. But it's, I don't think it's black and white. In the organization, they may have to make a decision health-based on David Bakhtiari and Aaron Rodgers. Because I think it's a package deal. Uh, but from a preparation standpoint, coaching standpoint, athlete standpoint, competitive standpoint, you never, ever go to practice or prepare for a game without 100% want and desire to win. If you go for any other reason, you're not in the league for long. It doesn't work the other way. It's an interesting concept. 877-729-1070. Mike, who do you got? All right, we'll begin with Chad in Madison. He's been holding quite a while there. Hello, Chad. Thanks for holding. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. So I guess my comment um, speaks a little bit to what you just talked about. And you talked about making business decisions. And I just question what the true business value of the difference between, say, the 10th pick and the 6th pick is because you're spending more money on the sixth pick, you're still taking a, a shot at someone who hasn't played in the NFL, and I just don't know if it's that huge, even though you say every GM would take it, which I don't question. I just wonder if there's truly that much difference in those draft picks. What's the difference if you win three of the remaining four or lose three of the remaining four and you draft sixth or 16th? Yeah, I mean, that's that's valid. Um, I guess at the end of the day, to me, there's probably not that much difference. Of 6th um, and 16th? thinking about... <laughs> I think it's, I think yeah, it's, because... Uh, I think it's heavy. I think it's there's, well, there's a significant difference. But if you look at the teams that always pick in those top 5, 10 picks, how many of them are perennial winners? Well, that's that has to do with more of their uh, ability to run an organization. And if you believe in your franchise and their ability to handle this situation, I think Brian Gutekunst had a very good first draft, and I think that there's a confidence as to what he can do. The Packers have two first-round selections. They're going to have that of the New Orleans Saints, will, which will likely be 30th in the league, and they also have their own. So, um, So if you did have 16th and 30th, per se, you could move them. You could slide them and move back up into the top 10 that I'm talking about. It, this isn't, there isn't a black and white scenario here. I just, listen, there's a, there's a concept at play that says if you lost, you'd be in a better draft position. There's a concept at play, at play that says you never play to lose. Never play to lose. I get them both. I, this is a discussion, not me with a strong opinion and then, we're, you know, going back and forth on it because I, I don't, <laughs> I think you win. I think you try to win, but I do, I am, and I'll say it for the 11th time in the last 11 minutes, uh, Bakhtiari and Rogers are tied to that decision-making process. And if David Bakhtiari uh, medically is somebody you need to shut down at some point here soon, after this week or after the Bears game, uh, Rogers goes with him, in my opinion. Yeah. And I would agree with you on that. Uh, Peter in Madison. Hi, Peter. Hi. Are you there? Yep, I'm here, Peter. You're on the air. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm i surprised I haven't heard this name before, but, you know, he, he was an offensive coordinator at Wisconsin when Russell Wilson was here. Maybe ran most explosive offense we, we've ever had here. He, ran, he runs a pro-style offense now. He's been successful. And what's wrong with Paul Chris running that team up there? 
Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, his brother's a coach in the NFL. He knows the pro game. He runs a pro offense. He runs a tight end offense, which Favre ran, was maybe the most successful offense we've had in, you know, in Green Bay when, when we ran here. We were running two tight end packages up there. I mean, it, it's, I, I think it's a perfect fit. I think there. Listen, I understand it, and and, and I have, I love Paul Christ. Um, I I think I don't I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I, yeah, I I would think that that to put Paul Christ's name in there is not something I would uh, bark down. Um, I think this year uh, a lot of state football fans wouldn't be thrilled in the moment, given what they did and didn't do Wisconsin football this year. Certainly, his track record, his pedigree, uh, what he has done. It, when he was here at Wisconsin the first time, he was lured heavily to the NFL. Uh, Dallas Cowboys put out, as far as I understand, a pretty lucrative offensive coordinator offer for Paul Christ at the time. He turned it down. Uh, I think Paul Christ's uh, track record, his success, his resume speaks for itself. All right, we'll go with uh, Treadmill Boy next. Oh, good. Where have you been, buddy? I just got done with the run. Where do you think I've well, been? Well, no, that's not, I didn't mean like 20 minutes ago. I meant for like the last few weeks. Haven't heard. I mean, are you too busy listening to somebody else, calling somebody else's show? What's your deal? I, I occasionally do that just to keep you honest. Appreciate that. So what I'll are you thinking you, here? I'll do what you can't do. One, call out your callers and not sound like a jerk. And two, call out a guy that you probably have to spend a lot of time with and Paul Chris. Uh yeah, six versus sixteen makes a massive difference. Massive. Uh, I'll I'll do some research after that so I I can back up that anecdotal thought with data. But come on now. I mean that's we are where we are because we've been passing on guys and not drafting up and getting players that in year one make a difference. Um, you know Saquon Barkley, Saqu- any of the de- defensive guys that are that are playing in the league. Jair was a was a big home run for sure, but more looks like the bust. Or so you you, you got to definitely think about that. You don't have to. No one's going to try to lose. These guys are professionals, especially guys that have won as much as they have. It probably looks like sitting down veteran players and getting even more youth, if that's possible. Uh, out on the field than, than we have today. And then Paul Chris and Mike McCarthy look like they like they got together every single Wednesday and set up the same uncreative, non-innovative, don't take advantage of the guys and put the, put the ball in your best player's hands week in and week out game plan. Uh, I, I do believe that Paul ultimately wins a bunch. He's won a bunch. But he is responsible, whether it be anchoring to his guy in Hornybrook, who who regressed instead of progressed, or just his lack of ability to to accept his personnel and take advantage of, of what he can, and that's man, that's thirty carries a week in, in JT's hand, and it just it was hard football to watch. Not because it was boring, because I love Smash Mouth, I wanted Smash Mouth, but because he he just didn't get the best players the ball uh, enough and. Lots of stuff went wrong, and he'll fix it. But he's not a pro coach. He's not. You want to talk about a former Wisconsin guy? Get somebody to bring a Rand up as a DC, which is his only goal in life to be a DC in the NFL. He will never, with a capital N, uh, and he said this personally to me countless times. 
he hung up on uh, treadmill personally countless times. Big is what I get. That's what I get there, right? Uh, is that uh, he hung up on him countless times over the years? That's uh, <laughs> timing in life is an amazing uh, thing. That's awesome. I know there's a bunch more calls waiting. If you can wait through the break, we need to take one. Uh, we'll continue. I think the discussion is interesting. I will share my end of the day opinion here as we continue in a couple of minutes on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee and statewide. You're listening to The Mike Heller Show. Just a little sidebar off the Packers. I jump back into it here in a moment. A little sidebar. Uh, a lot of the national talkers that you're going to see today where the Washington Redskins are concerned are going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick. A lot of civil rights uh, folks are going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick and why the Redskins uh, haven't reached out and signed Colin Kaepernick to be uh, a quarterback in the system now that they have lost their top two quarterbacks to broken legs in the last three weeks. Um and I, I listen. I understand it at its face value. And Colin Kaepernick should have been in the league. In the meantime, should have been in the league. But if I were the Washington Redskins, leave the leave the political statements off the page. The last time Colin Kaepernick played in an NFL game was January the first, twenty seventeen. So his last season was twenty sixteen. He hasn't played in a game in the NFL in twenty three months. Nor has he been in somebody's camp nor has he gone through processes. Um, this is as far from political as I can make it, but I would not be bringing in a 31-year-old quarterback that hasn't been in anybody's system and hasn't thrown a football in a competitive scenario in 23 months. Whether he should have or shouldn't is beside the point. Somebody could have, should have signed him probably prior to now. Take the probably out, should have. But if I the Redskins today... I don't know that I'm stepping up to that position and saying with four weeks left in the season, we're going this direction. I just um, I know a lot of people are going to talk about it because it's the right thing to say. I think I'm on the other side. That's what I think. 877-729-1070 as we talk more about the Packers. Some of us call that common sense, too. <laughs> it's yeah, been I two s- years. Pass. I mean, and, and I don't know where he is from a football ability standpoint. Yeah. Um, somebody does. I don't. He might not. Yeah. Uh, we'll go back to David in Milwaukee. Hello, David. Thanks for calling. Hi. Hi. So I feel the Packers need to treat these last four games as an extended um, preseason and evaluate the players that they have. Like, is Deshaun Kaiser a uh, good backup quarterback to Aaron Rodgers? Can Jason Spriggs play tackle in the NFL? Also, the young receivers – are the young receivers that the Packers have, uh, are they up to snuff to play in the NFL? And then do you need to play Aaron Rodgers with those young receivers to sort of get them on the same page? So I think it's not about tanking. It's about evaluation. And I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to play in the, in all of the last four games of the season. Well, at what point do you expect that he wouldn't play? I think that's a, a more fair question. They'll play home Sunday against Atlanta. They'll play at the Bears a week from Sunday. I don't think he plays against the Bears. I think he wants to play against the Bears, but I don't think the organization will let him play against the Bears. I think it's really – I appreciate, David. Thanks for waiting. And I do appreciate – listen, the, again, it comes back to a business decision 
Let's find out what the health is of the offensive line when they get through this weekend's game. How compromised are they going to Chicago and playing against Khalil Mack in that defense? What are you willing to risk at the concept of being competitive and playing to win the game? Or being smart about where they are. That would lend you to think that I'm thinking the other way. Maybe I am. Let's see what Sunday yields. I would want to play my guys Sunday. Second to last home game. Last home game that will have some, some significant meaning because it's Philbin's first. And, you know, this is uh, this is an emotional week for, for the Green Bay Packers and a, and a tough week. I would want to play my guys on Sunday. And then... I would want to be making decisions based on health and business rolling forward. I don't know that you necessarily – listen, it's not a college roster. So you only have so many guys, and they're already seeing Jamon Moore, and they're already seeing Equinemius St. Brown, and they're already seeing Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and they're already seeing a little bit of Jake Kumaro that's just come back. They had to make a, two more roster moves from an IR standpoint uh, today. So – uh, they're already seeing who can play. I think they know that Jason Spriggs can't play. <laughs> I think that's fair. So uh, yeah. I, I think there's a deal. And let me also put this out before we wrap today, okay? If I were saying today who my favorite candidate is for the Green Bay Packers, it would be rather simple. I don't think it's simple. I'm saying today it would be rather simple. Josh McDaniels would be my top choice. Josh McDaniels is working in the best NFL system that's going. He's working with a, a, a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. He's having to uh, handle that quarterback's desires that aren't always in line with a head coach. So he understands how that part works. They've been very innovative in what they've done with the New England Patriots offense with uh, Tom Brady over all these years and with receivers you don't know their names. Um, I think that he learned in his failures as a head coach for the Denver Broncos. I think the worry I would have if I were in the Packers front office is what happened last year with Indianapolis when he takes the job, hires assistants, and then pulls back and says, no, I'm not going to go. That would be a worry point. But from the candidates that are on the lists, he would be my first choice in the moment. And again, that's not me saying, hey, they should hire Josh McDaniels when this is all said and done. He would be the top of my wish list on who's the front runner. He'd be my number one. Now, here's the here's the rub. If the Patriots get to the AFC Championship game, you can't talk to Josh McDaniels officially until the last week of January. You can talk to him officially, interview him officially, after the AFC Championship game, if they were playing a Super Bowl, you get that week, first week in between that you can visit with him. He's pulled in a lot of different directions. So are you willing to wait? Because if you waited that long, you almost de facto have to go with him. And you'd have to have some assurances in the back channels that Josh McDaniels is going to say yes, and he's got all the elements at play that you want. Because if you do wait till then, everybody else that was on that list is going to go away. Whether it's college coaches or offensive coordinators in the NFL, essentially everybody else will likely be off the table. So you may just by process of elimination know that's where you're going, but you'd have to know that that's where you want to be. 
I think it, it, this is a really interesting chess game to watch, and we're not going to see all the moves. Many of those moves are going to happen, and we'll never know which chess pieces were moved to which spots on the board until afterwards when even then we likely don't find what were the maneuverings that led to this. That's the, the corporate business chess game that's played that only the players end up know, knowing what was happening when and how and where. You find out when a writer like a Jeff Perlman writes a book on the Rodgers-McCarthy relationship 15, 20 years from now and you find the inner workings and how they yeah. came to the next coach. That's when it happens. Right. Yeah. So, uh, But just so I'm on record today in Boston, Mike, who I don't know if he's listening. Uh, he hasn't texted me or tweeted at me in a while. Um, I, I would... Josh McDaniels would be the first guy on my list right now. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the guy I'm going to hire, but he'd be the first guy now because of all the circumstances. Working for the best coach in the NFL. Not all of his disciples have had great success, by the way. I think we know that. But he's had the chance to do it once, failed, and you learn a lot when you don't get it done, and that was a decade ago. Didn't he have a player development? Um, Didn't he oversee that as well in Denver? In Denver, yeah. Yeah. Thought so. I and, mean, he had a lot uh, yeah, on his plate. Uh, drafted Tim Tebow. Yes, he did. That's right. Yes. Uh, so that was ten years ago. We'll look by that. Um, so that that's where I'd sit on the deal today. We'll be back in tomorrow on the program. By the way, later in the week, uh, Brady Papinga, I think, will be on tomorrow. Charles Davis, who is uh, the game analyst for the Packers game Sunday against Atlanta, he'll join us Friday on the show. Got a lot of good stuff coming up, and thanks for being with us today. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Talk to you tomorrow after 2 or after 3 on 97.3 The Game and Statewide on The Mike Heller Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.